I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester. And Av, do you do this in front of your wife? I'm Av Sedensky, and this bonus episode isn't going to be lame because we're going to do it in a way that isn't lame. And I'm Jared Jerome, and I'm guest hosting this podcast, and I'm following Larry David. No pressure. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss the Seinfeld reunion, which originally aired within an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm on HBO on November 22nd, 2009. So, um, ah, this podcast uh, episode has been quite a roller coaster. Just in the last 24 hours, we've had like seven different guests scheduled and canceled. And uh, sturdy Jerome, who's always ready to step up in the clutch. I'm like a stanza. I'm like a rock. Just put yeah. glasses on me, and you can't tell the difference between me and a rock. Yeah, can't tell the difference. You and a Costanza without a without a video. <laughs> I will say this to you, uh, Mr. Jerome. You weren't the first choice, but you were the final <laughs> choice, and you were the right choice. Yes. <laughs> well, that's to be determined. Because you know, of all the people I know, there's uh, very few people that I enjoy talking Seinfeld and Curb with as much as you. So happy to have you here. We've uh, all, you know, greatly enjoyed your uh, entry into the mailbag, the postman. I always call it the mailbag, even though we call it the postman. Um, into the postman over the last, I don't know, six weeks, eight weeks. You know, since you've jumped on board, so we're uh, really to have you. The biggest Seinfeld fans I know. So. Should be very, uh, a really a lot of fun today. What we're going to do today. Yeah, Jared thank can uh, I, I, air his grievances live. I was going to say, well, thank you for that. And I was going to say, I think the early, early decision to make that anti Wagnerite guy uh, be your like, you know, thing that you put in for the postman was like the smartest thing because I laugh every <laughs> time I hear that. It's like, oh, right, to the postman, postman, postman. The problem is Larry talks over him. You guys notice that? Like, yeah. he's uh, like, okay. yeah. he says, yeah. Yeah, I was actually yeah. thinking recently, I was listening to one of the episodes and I was thinking that we should like elongate that clip because it's like he continues talking. He says, like, tell him the man who like who like fucks the, the man of a, in a wheelchair, <laughs> yeah. the wife of a man in a wheelchair. Like we should, yeah. I think we should add that into the post. Yeah. The more um, of anti the more of anti-Wagner, the better. That guy's incredible. <laughs> yeah. That was one of my favorite characters. Yeah. So. Walter, yeah. the anti-Wagnerite Jew, as he's called on IMDb. That's his official yeah. credit. Oh, I was. um. There was um, I, th- I was thinking of another bit that we should put in as like a like a segment callback. Like um, we do that, like the Larry David curb music a couple of times when we like transition between um, segments. Right. And when Katie Huffman was on the podcast, she like like honked the horn, like with her, like she like made like the sound effect. Mm-hmm. So we should use like that her doing it as like the sound effect for that thing. Well- Will anyone note r- realize that that's what it is? Probably I don't not. Know. Right? Well, now they might because we said it, but yeah, yeah, yeah I don't Whatever. remember that specifically. Oh, is this but... in the podcast? Sure, this is in the podcast. Yeah. All right, all right. So, so, so I think so. I think the idea was <laughs> that we had a couple of friends who had uh, done a uh, Seinfeld recap uh, podcast, and they had covered every episode of Seinfeld, but they hadn't covered this episode of Seinfeld, which is the Seinfeld reunion, which is a partial episode that we see in the episode of curb. And so we decided we were going to recap that as an episode of Seinfeld. Um, and that's what we're doing here with Jared today. So we, last week we covered the, uh, the episode of curb called Seinfeld season seven, episode 10. And we sort of yada yada, as I've said over the portion of that episode, which was the actual episode of Seinfeld, but Av has put together like a 10 minute clip of all the parts of that episode that we see. Um, Av, was it a half hour episode or an hour episode? So I felt well. We get we get about nine minutes. I don't know what yeah. else more there is into the story, and maybe we'll. Well, get we know there's more because we know that they attempted to do the fake robbery. 
because they make reference uh, right, to it. Right, right. Yeah. And um, yeah, well, you know, as we the NBC through, exec like, had said to Larry, do you want to do a half hour or an hour? I'm good for you. Right. So, yeah. So there's no, this is definitely not an hour. Like, we're not seeing like one six. Like, well, mm. we're seeing like half the episode. I think, you know, we could probably fill in a good another four or five minutes. Um, and then like, you know, there's, there's, you know, there obviously is a little story where we are, we're not even told about that we might even have to make up a little bit, but you know, yeah. we'll see what we can do. Yeah. There were definitely a few storylines they hit on. I mean, the Judy doll, they just, well, I mean, I don't know if we're talking about the Seinfeld part yet. I don't know if you guys were planning on that, but like there was a bunch of parts they kind of just like touched on very briefly in what we saw from the Seinfeld reunion show. So I don't, yeah, I'm not saying I know how long it was, but there was much more to get out of. That's why like later, like when we're going to rank it and everything like that, I guess I could ask it right now since we're talking about it. Like, are we ranking that Seinfeld episode quote episode that we saw on Curb season, you know, seven, season seven, episode 10 and comparing it to like real full Seinfeld episodes? That's what I did. Like, okay. Because like, it's, you know, like a 10 minutes versus 23. And like I said, it has like little bits and parts. Yeah. You have to sort of fill in the blanks. It's like a Mad Libs episode. I know. That's what I felt like when I was watching it. It was like, Okay, I have to fill in like five minutes here of what I assumed happened. You know, like Kramer, sometimes Kramer, even in actual Seinfeld, Kramer will just come in and out with his like little crazy sideline stories, and like you don't really get them fleshed out at all. So that could be the case here as well. But mm-hmm. like he brings Monina in for a split second. He like he's got like a few things going on at once. Whatever, we'll get to it when we get to the episode, I guess. But yeah, so yeah, so let's just like take a let's take a step back. Let's head back to uh, May of 1998. Um, the Seinfeld episode titled The Finale Airs. And I'm sure for all of us, this was, you know, a very momentous occasion. Um, I remember like very vividly that day we had a school uh, Lagba Omer trip in Manhattan and we like got stuck there like super late. And like we were on these buses and they were stuck in traffic forever. And it's like six, seven, six o'clock, seven o'clock. And we all know like the Seinfeld finale is at nine o'clock. And like this is 2000 or 1999, 1998, right? Yeah, so it's like- so, like, forget that there's no DVR. Like, nobody has a, a cell phone to even, like, call their house and say, like, tape Seinfeld for me. <laughs> so it's like, you're on this bus. Like, are we going to get there by 9 o'clock? If not, like, am I ever going to see this episode? <laughs> like, it's 1998. Like, I'm going to have to go, like, knock on people's doors and see if any – oh, did you tape Seinfeld? It's truly amazing that we're not that far away from that primitive lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was crazy. I, we live like savages. Know. Yeah, as you guys know, like I literally record everything, <laughs> don't watch anything live, including sports and everything. So like the idea that like, yeah, we were at the beck and we were at the mercy of like the bus or whatever, or like we wouldn't see or like the, the, the show we invested nine years or whatever it was. For right. You, now you, you, know, you might just miss it. it. Right. And that's it. That's it. Like, you know, that's it. It'll come on syndication like, in two years right. or something. Pro- probably like sometime in the summer, they'll re-air it. So like you have to check TV Guide every week to see yeah. Um, anyway, can, can so, we yeah, talk so, about our rankings of the finale of the 169 episodes of, of Seinfeld? So uh, Vulture, or as Jared calls it, Vulture is uh, at 167. Vanity Fair at 146. IMDb at 160. Jared Jerome at 155. Obstinetsky at 160. Alex Chester at 133. Wheels Wienerker at 29. Yeah, I, re- I I re-listened recently to his the, their episode on the finale because I rewatched the finale. Yeah. Um, also, um, yeah, he's like pretty high on the finale. Well, but also if you remember how his system worked, he just had numbers. He had a, like he just put episodes in random numbers. Yeah, I remember that. But now now that you mentioned, like he'd say, "Oh, this episode is-, is number forty-three. So then he just crossed forty-three off the list. It wasn't like an actual. So twenty-nine was the only number he had left. 
<laughs> yeah. So Jared, yeah. what's your what's your overall take on the finale of Seinfeld? As I just said, I just listened to that episode of their podcast, so I of course heard your very long email. Yes. So you know my what my take was. You went like, through all the all the witnesses, how they're all terrible right, witnesses. Right. Right. I, I was just I was mad. Basically, my point, if I remember correctly, my overall point, without going through every witness, was that here we are as big fans of the show, right? We we we. we Yes, there are, yes, Jerry, George, Elaine, and Kramer are not great people. We all know that. That's obvious. That's what makes the show good. Or one of the things that made the show good was all the sh- kind of shenanigans they got into and things like that. And here, what the finale did was basically tear them down, right? So we're getting these bit part people who we don't even remember, like the woman from the, from the wheelchair or Babu, who was a, who was a, who was a horrible guy himself, or, the, or, that, or the, the pharmacist who sold Elaine the sponge. God forbid she wants a lot of sponges. Like, that's the worst thing in the world. And all yeah. these people who we barely remember, even if you're a big fan, you remember them, but they weren't a big part of who, why you watch the show, who you care about. We're just coming on, st- on, on the stand, one after the next, just tearing our people down. And why they thought that would be appealing to the people who love these characters and who grew with these characters for nine years. Well, hold on a second. Really hold on a second. We didn't grow. I mean, I think you're missing the point of Seinfeld. I, I, I'm going to be side with Larry here. Like the whole point of Seinfeld is that we didn't grow with these characters. There's no learning. There's no growing. This is not every other sitcom where we saw them as little kids and now they're married and having you know, having babies. Like, no, these these are the same schmucks they've always been. We we love these characters, but we don't think they're good people. They're assholes. They're misanthropes. Okay, so well, I said that. So, I'm, so, so maybe growing is the wrong word. I don't literally mean that we saw them grow from kids to adults, but we went through a journey with them, not of being better people, but of laughing at them and enjoying their shenanigans and enjoying their foibles and all the things they went through. Yeah. We like these people. We, we were with. I think. I think the overall point. We were, we were with them. Team. We were on yeah. their team. We wanted we, them to win, even Alex, though we knew they would have. They would have. We felt we were always. We, were we sad every week when Jerry lost the girl? No, because that wasn't a bad thing. That was part of the show. But we did you hate George the whole time? Did you hate Kramer? Did you hate Elaine? You didn't hate these people. But, and now the finale. Uh, did you hate them in the finale? No, but, but no, but we're watching them like get torn apart by these people we don't care about. You know, I mean, they're, so, be, they're being put on trial. I mean, they're. they're but I think the portrayed. joke is the absurdity of it. I don't uh, know about that. I don't think so. I think the point was to think, like kind of. You bring think it all the show together. was trying to pull like a like um a lost and say, you know, this whole thing, the whole time you've been, you've been seeing it the wrong way. I definitely do not think that's the case. I think it's wrong. No, like, if you... no, go ahead. Al. No, I think, yeah, I think they were showing, putting, they were projecting the people that had been at the center of the show and saying that they were like not good people, but we knew right. that. Yeah, they were... uh, yeah. I didn't really think Jerry's that. reaction like, I... to like tragedy is, Oh, that's a shame and continue chewing his food. Like, you know, George revels in the unhappiness of others, obviously. But we love them for that. Sure. Right? And we love them for it in the finale also. And by the way, a lot of the witnesses are assholes themselves, as you said. I don't think we're meant to think otherwise. We're meant yeah, to listen, think I, I, absurd. I don't feel strongly about this take one way or another. Like I hear where I hear what Jared was kind of trying to say. Maybe I'll add a little bit more to that. Um, to me, the overall problem for the Seinfeld is that it's not funny. And all right, like, so that, that's a different and fair criticism, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think like it's that. really I, tough for a sitcom. It's funnier than the finale episodes of like most sitcoms, which try and be all schmaltzy, I think, you know? Yeah, probably. Like the first half of it was kind of like standard fair Seinfeld. I don't, you know, like the first half hour before the trial started. Until the trial, yes. Right, right. So that was like the, they broke it into two half hours. The first, I don't know if it was exactly like that, but I'm pretty sure that the first half hour was like just 
you know, you know, the Ted Danson playing and, you know, the whole thing and yeah. shaking the ear out and all that kind of stuff. And then the second half was the trial. So just to, and just to, yeah. So that was my main point with the, just like, you know, going, I, I will say this to support your argument. The first half of the episode is all fun and good until the moment when they have the camera on the, on the large gentleman who's getting mugged, because that is cruelty in a way that like, they were never cruel just like that, just for cruelness sake. Right. That's true. So I hate that said. scene. I, I right. really despise that scene. And that right. scene is sort of the fulcrum of the whole episode. <clears throat> right. And I, I think I, I don't agree with you that it was like it was all supposed to be like a thing where like we're in on the joke. And of course, all these people saying bad things about them are bad, too. I don't think that was the intent. Maybe I'm wrong. That's not how I ever read it from all the times I've seen it. And then furthermore, and again, I said, I'm not going to go through them all, but like. Each it was ridiculous. Like if, if 15 people came on the stand or whatever it was, 18 people, I don't remember, like. 90% of them were had like no leg to even stand on, but it wasn't in a blatantly obvious way that, you know, like, haha, they're all horrible. Everyone in the Seinfeld universe is horrible. It was like, it to me, it was trying to show that these people like, you know, were particularly, calling out particularly awful. Just, no, I'm saying that it was trying to show that they were like better than the, than the core four. And that, right, we're, right. that, that, the, that the core four right, were particularly core, awful people. Right. But really. They were just like, yeah, selfish bad people in a world of selfish bad people with all these like zany characters that are all like, getting into mischief with one another. Uh, and like, yeah, to your point of like Seinfeld always being a show of like, you know, the whole no hugging, no learning. And like here we're supposed to end off with like, oh, here's like a big lesson about, you know, the characters was I, I understandably off-putting to a lot of fans. Um, and like, I think like in, in some ways what like this like season seven of Curb Enthusiasm acts as and like whether intentionally or not, like there's certainly, you know, the, the finale is like the big uh, matzo ball hanging out there throughout the course of this reunion is that it's like whether or not we're going to acknowledge that like we agree that the Seinfeld finale is bad. Like we know that like this is a huge, like a big take of the audience uh, or a big chunk of the audience is that the finale wasn't great. And that this is like some sort of like, you know, attempt to like, you know, do a different sort of ending for this, you know, these characters. And um, and, you know, one could argue that the lesson learned is like not to do this like big dramatic episode, but like to what to what Jay, uh, to what Jeff Schaefer actually said on our podcast last week is that like he said that like to him, a great series finale is also just like a great episode of that show. And like it has to like operate in both ways. And like I would argue that the season, the series finale of Seinfeld was like not a great episode of Seinfeld. It was like something else. It was kind of like right. a, like a, a, like a, a self aware meta document, you know, mockumentary about Seinfeld. Right. Um, and like I think what makes this Kerber Union like so exciting and so well done, and I think ultimately so successful, is that like it was just a regular season of Kerber Enthusiasm, and like they were just like doing the thing that they already do. So like this worked as a season of Curb in its own right inherently. It was a funny story, and it then also acts as this like backdoor. Seinfeld reunion like instead of doing an actual reunion which would be lame because like you know we've seen them all it's like some of them are okay yeah, I, no the friends reunion sucked the fresh prince reunion sucked all these shows that my friends are like oh it was so great they all sucked okay you get a nostalgic feeling but there's it's not it's not humorous it's just whatever it, they, if you want the nostalgia just go watch any classic episode of these shows that you love and it'll be a thousand times better yeah, right, so I, this, thought the, this, I thought the Friends one was okay, but like, yeah, I certainly wasn't gushing over it. I thought there was a couple of cool parts, but yeah, but for the most part, uh, well, yeah. Why, do, why, why do I want to see like an actually accomplished singer singing Smelly Cat? What's the point of that? 
I, I don't know. Why do I need to see like Malala Yousafi? Like, okay, that's a funny clip, I guess, for 10 seconds. Oh, Malala watches friends. There's uh, Nobel Prize winners. They're just like us. But like, why do you watch anything? It's on TV. <laughs> there was yet. a lot of weird. I mean, we, we, this isn't a friends. This isn't a friends, you know, reunion recap. But I mean, I thought I thought there was a lot of weird stuff in that. But to your overall point, Alex, I agree with you. And I think I think Larry made up for it. I think I, and they even alluded to it in the episode, in, in the sign, in the pot, in the I'm getting confused myself, in the curb podcast, in the curb. In the Curb season seven finale, like I forgot it was Larry and Jerry, and they alluded to like, oh, we're making up for the finale. And then, oh, right. he's Jerry, like, the finale, Jerry he's like, the finale was fine. The finale was right, fine. Right, right, right. But yeah. I think he realized maybe it was, I mean, who knows? But I think he, at least he realized that people realized that it wasn't fine. Or people, yeah, no, we asked Jeff Schaefer about this explicitly. And yeah, he, and, and, they're just and he addressed it very, very yeah. cleverly. Right. He, he wasn't going to name names about who, like, who in, like, you know, the inside, you know, core of Seinfeld hates the finale and who likes it. But, but the, you know. well, his Wait, implication was that they all like it. They're just acknowledging that, that some people don't. But, yeah, whether he's being totally, enough. yeah, but whether he's being totally straightforward and truthful, who knows? It's all good. But, yeah. but I they want made, to say they made many great episodes. I want to say the way that Curb did it, the way that Curb pulled this all together, you know, all of, first of all, first of all, the way they pulled season seven all together, as I was alluding to before. They had a regular season that was separate from the fact that it was the quote Seinfeld season, right? They had all kinds of storylines and all kinds of, you know, standalone episodes and Leon moments and everything like that. They didn't have to do with Seinfeld. Then they also had the through line of Seinfeld going through it. And then they ended it with what they thought at the time was be the end of Curb, which was brilliantly done. And they closed the, the cap on Seinfeld for the second time and a, in a better way that was well done. So like, as I was like lauding about in my, or as I was gushing about in my email, like the meta on top of meta, I'm so impressed by like meta stuff. I don't know, maybe that's just me. It's like, to me, it's like seeing something that I know I couldn't even get close to doing. Like if I see some like painting, like some of some portrait or something, I know that I have no idea how to do that. I'm like blown away by it. If I see like some, somebody write a piece of music that I have no idea how to do, I'm blown away by it writing i'm not a writer but like i can i understand the concept of like writing a funny story so i might not be able to do it well but i can do something i cannot do this like meta kind of story anything resembling that that's why like the charlie kaufman stuff just blows me away you know like whether it's you know being john malkovich or eternal sunshine as follows mine or adaptations like so clever and on top of it and happening within it and just the self-awareness of the writer and again we know larry's a genius and i guess jeff schaefer too and whoever else was involved but like that to me would just blew me away watching that episode you you know, it wasn't the funniest episode in the world talking about 710 it wasn't like a perfect episode in every way but i appreciated what they did on so many levels not kramer levels levels that i actually can do that you know like uh so much that like i had to just give it like such an incredible grade and that's why i was so blown away by it and, and you know whatever i thought about the seinfeld episode within the curb episode isn't even that important it's just like because this is a curb this is curb whatever as i said they just don't take that apart that's what we're here for today <laughs> well that's another it's another topic but i'm saying it's not important yeah. to the ranking of that specific curb episode and yeah. i thought they nailed i mean absolutely. i would say that over the course of, let's talk about like what does it mean to be a seinfeld reunion does it mean to have another episode of the show seinfeld or does it mean to just get the the, the actors behind seinfeld together you know, talking about the show and hanging out together because the latter is how, like, if you ask me what a reunion episode means, I would say it's another episode of the show 10 years later. And that's why I think I've been so disappointed by the Fresh Prince and Friends. Like, no, these shows are not meaning reunion in the sense of actually having an episode of the show. It's just people getting together. So in that sense, Curb was ahead of its time or Seinfeld was ahead of its time or both or, or either or whatever because that's all Curb was doing. But Curb did it in a hilarious way. Like this entire season, 
is very I, I would say the least funny parts of Jerry and Julia and Michael Richards is when they're playing within the Seinfeld episode within Curb. It's when they're playing themselves throughout the mm-hmm. season is the yes, part the curb- that's amazing. In yeah. this in this season, Curb is much funnier than Seinfeld. For yes, sure. no question. Yeah, the season would be terrible if if the Seinfeld episode was better, but the Curb episodes were worse. It would be a much worse season. Like yeah. it needs to for, work first and foremost as a season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and it's a home run to me. As that, I think it's I think I have it officially ranked the best season, but like I think it's definitely the best season of Curb. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, like I think you know the other great season is season four, which does like a very yeah. similar thing. And it's like those are like also just like some of them, some of the best season parts four of Seinfeld. to me because it's the slow roll because they're doing the producers like the exact storyline and we don't even realize that to me it, it just that can't be topped. Yeah, but like, like the, they've been the Mel, like the Mel scene when all of a sudden we realize what Mel's doing is like the brilliant like it's season four of Curb is you know in the conversation with um what was it season four or whatever the season was of Breaking Bad. Uh, like uh, the best season of Ellie, or, or, or I guess, you know, season, I think season three, season five. four I think of season the five was the best one. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, and, yeah, and whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, like, um... it's in the conversation is the greatest season of any television show ever. It, to me, season four is just, I mean, all Curb is amazing, but season four is just so brilliant. Yeah, but I mean, well, they've been doing this stuff, you know, all the way back to Seinfeld. I mean, like, there was like, I keep thinking back, like, throughout this whole season to that, where, like, George is explaining the whole Peterman Kramer thing, where he's like, like, you know, Peterman is real, his biography is not. You yeah. are Kramer are real. Like, yeah. that's like this whole season is like that <laughs> quote in your head, like, wait, the, you're Jason Alexander, Cheryl, yeah. but, but, the, but the chair says Cheryl, but like the character says Amanda. Like, that's this whole season. Like, the, we're like, where uh, Larry accuses Cheryl of like thinking that she's attracted to Jason, but really she's attracted to Larry, because he right. is Larry, right. um, and so then yeah, she like, comes back to him. It's so clever, right? How about Larry acting as George, acting as Larry, acting as George when he tries and, to be George in the show? And it, yeah, and it's even at the like the most simplest level. It's like Jerry Seinfeld acting as Jerry Seinfeld, acting as Jerry Seinfeld. It's crazy. Yes. This is what I'm saying. It's, it's just mind blowing. It's unbelievable. Like just and for like a dumb like little sitcom to go this deep, like you know, I you know maybe it's. I think it. I feel like it sounds like we're like going taking it too seriously and getting too over the top of it but it really is very clever it is what it is you know what i mean this is what's set in i guess in our opinion we're all seinfeld and curb fanatics this, and this is a podcast of it so i hope, hope probably the listeners are too but like this is what sets it apart from all the other shows like friends i have no problem with friends i think friends is a great show it has schmaltzy kind of you know moments and things like that but it's a funny good show but no other i shouldn't say no other show but no other like classic older sitcoms i'm not so up to date on the newer stuff i think more of them have kind of gone a little more avant-garde recently right things like that over the last 20 years but like before that nothing did this kind of style you know what i mean this was like at, so yeah, at least yeah, nothing nothing mainstream to your point like i'm sure there was like yeah. someone's gonna write in and be like oh you know the french have been doing this since like before there was movies they were doing these types of movies name names who's gonna write in and say that Jim Crumbly, <laughs> Olin Allen. Oh, Jim Crumbly, he better oh, not do he, that. Yeah. Crumbly. He'd be like, I saw it in theaters in France in 1947. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I know, Jim, you're like two years older than me. It's all good. <laughs> um, all right. So before we jump into the episode itself, I wanted to just first ask, like, what would you name this episode? Like, so to me, like the obvious choice is the reunion. Um, that's probably what they would go with, given that they named the finale the finale. Um, they would probably, you know, use the safe, boring choice here again. But like, let's put that aside. We're not going to choose that. What are some ideas? Like, if you had to like pick, what should the name of this episode of Seinfeld be? You know, and like you could, you know, have it be like something that makes it very memorable, or just something that's like a quirky little thing that you really liked. You know, Seinfeld titles can be, you know, pretty all over the map in terms of how. Representative they are. Yeah. So I introduced this episode 
by referring to it as the reunion. I mean, you could say it was you might maybe it's the, the reconciliation because like the main plot is is that George gets back with uh, with with his wife. Yeah, that sounds uh, yeah, I, like there's a few like little there's obviously like, like the funny stuff with George that happens like the eye toilet app or yeah, um, you know, like uh, but that's like little stuff or made off the made off would be funny. But like, I don't know, maybe but that's, that's all stuff that sort of happened before the episode. Right, the episode refers to stuff during the, the gap. I mean, yeah, what it's really about is them getting back together. That's what it's really yeah. about. So, I mean, what's yeah? So the reconciliation. Yeah, that's a good I actually, I actually really like the reconciliation. Yeah. Uh, that's a great call. I because like I think you know, as you know, we just got into all the like the meta angles that we like. Um, like that also kind of like works as like a double meaning of like the reconciliation of like the show with the fans and like you know, kind of this being like you know an opportunity for a do over. You know, kind of the, the stuff we were just talking about is like the finale being a little bit of a disappointment and this kind of being that that second chance to like do right and you know basically doing it right this time. Um, and like I think that like kind of like fits with that word as well. So I really like yeah. that. Although actually, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna correct myself now. If we're <laughs> after, going with, after uh, after yeah. I've expressed, if we're going with reconciliation, yeah. let's just go with reunion because it has two meanings. Because reunion means the like a union is a marriage. Oh, a reunion is a couple getting who are married getting remarried again, like Liz Taylor and uh, Bert, whatever the hell his name is, style. That so, is that is true. So yeah, I, th- I think they stick with the reunion, and it, and it can mean many things. It can mean a reunion but, within the context of the show. So Sidebar, it can mean a reunion within the context of George's marriage. So we over we overthought it, or, they, yes. or maybe they thought they thought it properly. I'm sure somebody. But, thought the, yeah. but the problem with that is nobody would look at reunion having to do with George's marriage. They just take it. But that's what that makes I, it. I mean, like look, go look at the names of the episodes of Breaking Bad or um, or Game of Thrones, for example. The names of the episodes, which are available weeks in advance of the actual episode airing, for shows that are very secretive about their plot. They do that intentionally. So you look at the name, you think it means one thing. And after the episode, you realize, oh, I see what they meant now. Right. Yeah, I just so, I, I hear you. I just don't like we know we know. I mean, you guys have had Larry on as a guest yeah, multiple yeah. times. You guys know Larry. <laughs> he doesn't think that way. Right. So yes, like he does, yes. he's not like artistic in that way. Listen, I just went, you know, extolling but, his but but, but like that's not his thing. He's not like an artsy like. But I don't other- know. They made a reunion episode about a reunion of a marriage. Like, was that entirely accidental? I don't know. Maybe it was. I think so. I think so. Whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, but I mean, it's a good name. They're both good names. Yeah. I would pick reconciliation because it means both, and it's not the obvious on the nose reunion part. But whatever, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are we actually renaming it? Maybe we, like you know, I don't yeah. know. All right. Why don't we jump into the episode? Uh, all right, Seinfeld's the reunion. <laughs> So we, of course, uh, start with Jerry doing some stand-up. Man wants to know how to make his woman happy, but he doesn't know how. Sometimes we do it, but we don't know how we did it. You can't ask how to do it because then it looks like you don't know what you're doing. Now, what's your take on opening with the stand-up, which is something that Seinfeld had not done for like the last few seasons? I think it's automatic. They have to do that. Yeah, I think that's a must. Like, like, You ask the question, it's like an obvious yes, because it's like, that's what, that's what you think of as like a standard episode of Seinfeld, like starts with Jerry doing stand up like and but like you're not, trying not to bring late it... season Seinfeld late season. Seinfeld you're, you're, all about, you're, yeah. you're being an idiot right now. This, okay. this show is watched by 40 million people okay. like there's like 500,000 to whom like that is an important distinction. Like okay. I, I completely like the, that, that's like the, the casual fan. Is it like, oh, well, the late season for Seinfeld was the Larry Charles seasons like Larry David had left the show. Like they're just like, oh, Seinfeld's funny. It starts with Larry doing stand up. Okay. And then there's a, you know, a story with yeah, to, to, to take it even further. Like just Sorry, to, to I came on too strong. 
<laughs> just to your point of season eight, I don't know if you guys know this season eight specifically, and this is only on like the DVDs. It's not like on in syndication when they show them, they you all have cold openings that have nothing to do with the rest of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've, 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 I've gone back and seen those. Yeah. I mean, I obviously I have very low little memory. Of right. Cause you only, you only see them either when they originally aired or if you see them on like the DVD or maybe some other format, I'm not sure. But like when I watched it on DVD, like, I don't know, 10 years ago or something, I was like, Oh wow. This is like new content. Basically. It was like, yeah. it's like totally. Yeah. yeah. So, Most yeah. of it is not that good. Which it was, is probably yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, I think the way I found out is because like, I, you know, I've told a couple of times about the story of the chicken roaster episode that we did. Yeah. Uh, that's season eight. So yeah. like, that's how I found out that these, this, there was like this whole quarry of like, un, you know, untapped Seinfeld, you know, clips, yeah. because like when I got like my, I was like, I had to go like get the scripts in order to like learn my part. And like, I'm like, this isn't <laughs> what Seinfeld. Is what this? is this scene? Whoa. Like, I've never right. heard this scene. I've seen every episode of Seinfeld 14 times. Like, this is not Seinfeld. And then right. like I went and like looked it up, like I asked someone or whatever, and they're like, "Oh yeah, there are all these scenes on the DVDs." So yeah, Alex, have you seen those? Have you, you know? What yes, we're yes, about? I've seen them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Really so good. anyway, so yeah, so but yes, I, but I, I agree. The stay up is like the staple, even though they didn't do it all the way through. But yeah. but I'm interested. In, I'm interested in discussing how, what you guys felt about the actual that actioning stand scene. Yeah, so I think it like very much is in the proper like Seinfeldian tone and cadence, and it's like a very Seinfeld way of talking and doing things. I don't think it's a particularly good bit. It's like very early Jerry Seinfeld. Like it's actually like literally. I just said that, and you yelled at me for saying that. No, you didn't say that. What do you mean? That's what I thought I was saying. (laughs) No. You were no, we're saying, not saying early season. He's saying like early Jerry Seinfeld style comedy, I think, right? Those are the same thing. No, I'm saying this is this. I'm, what I'm saying is that this bit is very similar a bit to bit to one that appears in the pilot of Seinfeld. Oh, the, pi- a very, literally the pilot itself. Literal pilot. I wrote the, wrote it down. He says he has this clip. I'm not going to play the clip, but he says, "I swear, I have absolutely no idea what women are thinking. I don't get it. I admit, I'm not, not getting the signals. I'm not getting it. Women, they're so subtle. They're little. Everything to do is subtle. Men are not subtle. We are obvious. Women know what women know what men want. Men know what men want. What do we want? We want women. That's it. It's the only thing for sure. It really is. We want. So there there you go. That's why he did it. No, so that's why. That's why he did it. It's intentional, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's not. But like, meaning, it's like, it's not particularly good, in my opinion. Right. I Um, agree with that. It also doesn't like connect to the episode in any way, and that was always the best when it when it connected, in my opinion. Right. But um, now we know why, because now we know why I'm disappointed that I didn't remember that. But now we know why they were obviously just closing the loop on the opening bit opening. Yeah. And very much the same way that the first piece of dialogue and the last piece of dialogue. Right. In the jail cell. So, yeah, like they obviously like they're very into that sort of stuff, um, like when they think of it. But like, obviously, as, as we've seen, there's like lots of times <laughs> where like they just like don't really either don't care or like don't know, but like they're just and like, they don't no. cons- and when they don't consult with lunatics like us to tell yeah, them. Yeah, right. They just don't care. They're trying to make the best possible show, and they're doing a pretty good job. Um. So yeah. So okay. So the episode proper starts, and we're in Jerry's apartment, and you know they're um we're sorry we're walking to Jer- for, to, towards Jerry's apartment, and you know we're coming on in, and Jerry's telling George that you know it's an unwritten rule of etiquette that you don't blow your nose into a cloth napkin, and George is like says who. And Jerry says, well, no one knows who said it. Like, that's why it's unwritten. It's just not in polite society or in polite society. Mm. Even it's the a, impolite don't do it. Yes. We're tr- and also, this is, uh, you know, to quote George, we're trying to live in a society here. 
Yeah. Um, and like, you know, they get into a whole thing about like a sneeze versus a blow. Um, and like, you know, you know, you know, Jerry's kind of right. Like a, a sneeze is involuntarily you're supposed to do. Um, now, Moses so like, what I want to talk about is like, Moses was a sneezer? What does that mean? Yeah. He had a pick. All he that dry desert air? I mean, pick his nose. He was, he had, he had trouble speaking. Mm, yes. That too. <laughs> yes, that too. Yeah. So yeah. So basically, Moses really was like the first Jew because like he obviously had like allergies. And, like, he was definitely allergic to dirty. Yes, for <laughs> yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, like a nut allergy. Yeah, like, he may have technically been Spartac, but he was Ashkenazic in his maladies. Yeah, but listen, he was climbing mountains too. So I mean, that's more than we can say. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So, he was yeah. basically Richard Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can we talk about the set for a second? We got the new fridge. We have three jars of peanut butter on the new counters. What's that about? I don't know. Um, Is it like chunky, extra chunky, and smooth? Yeah, well, I mean, I think there was like peanut butter had like a like a, a rebound. Like mm. there was a time where like peanut butter was thought of a snack, and now it's like, oh well, actually, like it, it's like very it's high protein. Fat. Right, yeah, it's, it's like good fat. fat, right? Like you know, they changed the science, and now it's like now peanut butter is like is a lot of times like allowed on diets. So I came back in. Now, Ab, uh, you're famously a smooth peanut butter guy. Ah, interesting. You say that. I've had a uh, I've had an awakening. Oh, good, 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 good. wonderful. I am now. Well, well, you might not be completely uh, completely uh, in love with me. I am now. Um, I swing both ways. Okay, I play for oh. both teams. Okay, listen. In today's society, you've been you know, converted. You've been yeah. converted. Been, yeah, I've been. Well, you know, I'm like I'm bisexual. Whatever. It what is. is your take on pulp and orange juice now? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not. No. Yeah, that's Still awesome. Pulp, pulp I mean, the truth is, I haven't tried it. I, you know, it's possible. I, I really, I oh, really be swung on that too. It's refreshing. Yeah, it's delicious. How do you go back to smooth peanut butter though? Once you had chunky though, once you go chunky, you know, going smooth. You is, don't go back. Yeah, you really no, I think they're both yeah, good. I, I like them. Yeah, I like them both. Like, you know those frozen like circular peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for your kids that you buy. You know what I mean? Yeah. The grape and the sort. By the way, you watch Rami, right? Yeah. So remember the scene in Rami where the where the where the wife who's uh, sleeping with uh, Rami says how sometimes she just eats them herself when her kids aren't around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah of course. So my wife does those too. But you know what? They're terrible because it's it's like yeah, smooth peanut butter. You need the chunk. You need like. Well, the... I don't think that's why they're not good. I think they're just like. Nice. Also, like, most kids like... most kids prefer smooth. I imagine. So, well, I mean, it's a choking yes. hazard for little kids, of course. Well, I don't mean babies. I mean most like third graders probably prefer. listen we're flying tomorrow morning and um i bought like some candy for the children for the flight and my wife looks at me she's like what are you crazy these are sucking candies i'm like my kids are eight six and four like at a certain time like i think <laughs> they can like, handle that yeah and if they can't you know they weren't they weren't they weren't meant to be right survival of the fittest yeah <laughs> and i'm you not know, giving them to the infant so who is this a problem for well, she's being very safe. I don't know. What can I, I, say? So. I went back to that. Just back to the episode. There was a trend I noticed when I was watching it of and this first. So of like, well, I, I don't want to. So uh, when you're saying like when Jerry. So when Jerry is making the distinction between, you know, blowing your nose in the cloth napkin versus sneezing right. in the cloth napkin. And it's just a little thing that when he says this is very like very, you know, in the in the weeds. But when he says like. We don't do that no, on this podcast. That, Take it away. <laughs> when he says, keep like, it, you have keep two, it very broad, just very big picture. <laughs> when he says, like, you have 2.5 seconds and then it blows, like saying like that, his voice kind of cracks like he has a cold. I happen to have a cold right now. So that's kind of affecting my voice. But like, so that reminded me, you know, what, you know, what my email, I have a, in my emails, I have a Seinfeld connection thing. So that reminded me of a Seinfeld connection from, if you guys remember in the episode, The Maid, which was in season nine, I think it was the end of the nine nineteen, I think, whatever. But in The Maid, right, when he's diddling the maid and, you know, uh, tax purposes and all the jiffy and all that kind of stuff. So, like, do you remember that Jerry had like a hoarse voice that whole episode? 
Like he definitely had a cold, like a bad cold when they filmed it. And a couple times in the episode, his voice cracks. Well, uh, I'm going to build on this more, but you'll see. A couple times in the episode, his voice cracks and it cracked in the exact same way when he did that line. Now, I'm obviously I'm not insane enough to say that was an homage to that, but it reminded me of that. And it's the beginning of a trend that's about to develop. And as Ab goes through it, assuming he hits on all the parts, and it reminds me of it. I'm going to point out something. So I just wanted to point that out now. Go ahead. All right. Now that's a lot of pressure. I have to hit all the right points. You got to say everything. Um, yeah. So I mean, also just like one thing I wanted to touch on here, like cloth handkerchiefs are disgusting, right? Like I don't understand. Like, yes. so people like they have a thing that they keep in their pocket and then if they sneeze at it, like they have like, like disgusting mucus, whatever. And then they just like, put it back into their suit pocket. Yes, and I've always, I've it. always worried, wondered about that. Yeah. Those like old time people, they take the, yeah. the Oh, and then, and then they share it to someone else. Oh, you need a handkerchief that I blow my nose. My brother was the thing a you blow your nose with is garbage. My, right. my brother was a huge handkerchief guy growing up uh, like kid uh, when we were little kids. And like my grandfather gave him all of his old ones and he was like very into them. Oh my God. It, I, it never made sense to me. Like you once it's used, it's garbage. It, I just can't understand the returning to the pocket. It boggles the mind. And this is you who throws nothing out. You know what I mean? So that's saying. Well, something. no, but I'm a big Jeremy. So no, I throw out. I, I don't I don't throw out food. Don't, food you, is don't, you take a, don't you take scissors and cut around the snot part of the, each yeah, handkerchief no. to save the ends so you can use it again the next time? <laughs> no, but I, I do uh, for printer paper. I make sure we print on both sides before uh, we uh, throw that in the recycling. Well, well yeah, and the margins. I wasn't going to get into yeah, all yeah. that. But yeah, that's yeah. what I'm referring to. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I'm going to say that this is the first scene that had um, like a first like a uh, COVID moment in the, uh, in yes. the Seinfeld. Uh, yes, with media. Jerry not wanting the six feet of social distance. Well, that's coming up later. Yeah. Oh, that's so later. It, oh. Yeah. Uh, but no, here is just the whole like sneezing and, and oh, yeah, nose. Yeah. Yeah. Later, later, right. Later, we'll have the uh, social distancing at the bank. I mean, do you remember what it was like a year ago in like like spring, summer 2020 when you sneezed in like the grocery store? It was as <laughs> if you were a terrorist. <laughs> the look of horror that people gave you all right let's not talk about covid yeah uh, maybe it's because i wasn't wearing pants at the time but no i think it was the sneezing oh, okay, was yeah. quite all right, so, so what do you guys think about the latest numbers <laughs> <laughs> is anyone still doing that yeah no i'm uh, done with this i'm done did you see yeah so the, go uh, ahead oh one second there was a funny uh about Delta? No, we saw that. Amy set this around six times already. We don't need to discuss it further. Which thing? Well, Delta variant, oh, blah, blah, blah. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, sorry. All I right. knew where you were going. <laughs> I knew exactly where you were going there. The Delta variant. Shot to be I nipped it in the bud. Blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah. Who cares at this point? Yeah. Uh, okay. that's, a com that's a common thing in this podcast. Let's not talk about that anymore. But do you remember the thing that the... Uh, and then yeah. 20 minutes later, we're back right, on the show. Let's talk. Okay, let's oh, get back in a second. Oh, wait. For, I mean, wait, wait, wait. wait. Also, wait, huh? we need to acknowledge. We need to acknowledge um, Trump got ignited tonight. So, like, you know, we'll, well put a peg in it. Yeah, not him. His company and, and Wasserman or whatever his name is, but he didn't squeal. They tried to squeeze him by... Uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. But, you yeah. know... Possibly they got, a, they got a lot of buffers in that family as uh, possibly as yeah well, we were, you know, we're, we're, we're possibly getting closer to we got him um mm, you know john yeah. uh, john oliver style but we'll see we'll see we'll say yeah, no nah, we're just like putting that on your radar putting it down um, on your radar. let's talk about so kramer has an entrance without a big audience applause that really took me out of it what about you guys yeah okay wait so wait so we're gonna we're gonna watch that clip uh, okay so just give me one second are we sharing no we're not Sharing sounds, optimize. You always got to optimize, right? Optimize for video, baby. All right. Oh, we got a new Seinfeld instead of Curb. Nicely done. Yeah. Oh, wait. We saw this part. Shoot. Is this the whole nine-minute video? 
Yeah, I did the wrong oh. thing. Here we go. Sorry. Take two. He does the drag into the fu- interesting. Why is my give us some audio, baby? Yeah, it's Wayne. Come on up. Oh, hey, George. Did you see this? It's an article about Bernie Madoff. Kramer. No, look at this. They got the floor plan to all his offices. Here's where he was. Kramer, he doesn't want. You wanna... couldn't get to him. It was a Ponzi scheme. Oh, do I need to hear this? I know what happened. So what's the big deal? You lost a couple of million. It was more than a couple. Well, it was more than a great idea. An iPhone application that leads you via your GPS to the nearest acceptable toilet wherever you are in the world. All right. Um, I think right, maybe need... we'll pull, uh, we're gonna we're gonna pause and like so that way yes. we cover. We got to talk about like... a lot of stuff here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my first thing is like, what is Kramer talking about with like they couldn't get to him? Like, what yeah. is that? Like, that's not what a Ponzi scheme is. So they had a newspaper uh, with a with an architectural like a blueprint of his offices, and apparently Bernie Madoff's office was inaccessible from all the other offices in the suite. Is that what we're like? Something like that. And therefore, what? What does that mean? I think that's the joke. The joke. I think the joke is that like not only is it like a Ponzi scheme and that you know, like we get the joke. Funny. We're just criticizing. It's uh, yeah. It's okay. Sure. All right. All right but so what I want to talk about is in a literal pond. He's also like in a literal. You can't get to him. Physically. Yeah. That's Can we talk about the timeline here? Kramer and Jerry are talking about the Madoff stuff as if it happened a while ago, maybe a couple days, maybe a week, maybe a month. Like right. the newspaper is analyzing the layout of his office. That's not a day one story. So it's been a few days at least, right? Since um, since the since the Madoff scandal broke and George found out he lost all his money. But yeah, when Elaine walk. By the way, when Elaine when when Elaine walks in, she knows that George's morose attitude is because of Madoff. Right. So like again, it's not breaking news. But yet in the next scene with Amanda in the coffee shop, George seems to be breaking the news to her as if it's like brand new information. Well, she might no, not have known that the money was in Madoff. But, no, no, I don't but, think he was breaking it to her. I, that's not how I. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll he see says, I, "Listen, I got bad news for you. We lost all our money." Well, I know, she but I, think, have, I think she might not have known the extent of it, or like what what we're talking about. But they would have had this conversation the day, like if George is invested in Madoff, Amanda would have heard that at some point. Like the whole appeal of Madoff was the name brand, was the cachet, like right, like yeah, it had cachet up the yin yang. That was the problem. Like he would like say no to people to make to make them like you know it was like the beer hall putsch with Hitler with like the with the crowds outside. Like you know Madoff's whole thing was make it hard to get into to make it appealing. So there's no way George doesn't brag. I mean George brags about any good thing that happens in his life. There's no way Amanda didn't know that they had money in Madoff. There's no way that the day the Madoff story breaks, George and Amanda aren't on the phone, or George isn't reaching out to Amanda. I agree with all that. I think the way I read that scene was that they have spoken about it before. They're, George is all depressed about it and everything, but he's like talking to her as if like, this is not, this is something I'm embarrassed to like keep bringing up with you. We have to talk about our finances. What's the deal? Like we know the tragedy that happened, but like I keep pushing it off. You know, it's like when you're anxious or yeah. worried about something, pushing no, it off. I think, so I think that's a good point. Yeah. Discussing with her. I think, that's I, think I think that's the answer. So yeah. So the Madoff story breaks, let's say three weeks before this, George, knows that all his money's in it and he's lost it. And he thinks Amanda's lost all her money too. He has no reason to want to reach out to his ex-wife. Oh, by the way, I lost all your money. He's embarrassed about that, as you said. Amanda has no reason to reach out to George because she didn't lose right. her money. Right. And she's right. not interested so this, in him anymore either. So yeah, this so is I, the first time they're actually sure. like getting into the... They're having, like, but what's, official what's the reason for this meeting? Because George seems to be initiating this meeting for the purpose of letting her know that he's lost all her money. What does she think the purpose of the meeting is? I don't know. Okay. We're, ju- we're jumping ahead. We're jumping ahead. All right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. 
We're, still, we're, we're, we're not even um, looking at it yet. I'll, I'll steer this ship. Come All on, right, let, me let, me, let me go back to another one. Someone thinks of an app. <laughs> or not. Someone, someone, by the way, with zero actual technological capability, <laughs> zero connections in the industry, and he makes millions of dollars. Well, I mean, I, I mean, this is kind of George's thing, right? That like he sometimes just like through dumb luck and like because of his like unique oh. set of skills stumbles into high quality situations and then yeah, uh, the, and then inevitably falls right back to where he started. I mean, this is kind of like me. Like I used to say in college all the time, like every time you went away for the weekend, you had to take your digital camera and your iPod and your phone. And I'd always say, why can't they have one device that does all three of these things? But that doesn't make me millions of dollars. Like that's like saying, "Oh, I wish there was a way to find a toilet." Doesn't earn like I need to understand how George. Maybe, well, maybe he invested thing. it. Yeah, he he went out. He hired us, you know, a guy who knows how to do um, apps, and like he financed it and made it happen. I will maybe say, you know. 2011 was the moment when the dumbest apps in the world were like, "Do you guys? Yeah. Rem- do you guys?" Right. Rem- it was the wild. It was the wild, wild west. Do you remember then, you know? what was that draw me that app where like you go back and forth with your friends like a one on one you'd play a game against someone where you'd like color like like draw draw a picture and then they'd have to identify what the picture was you guys remember this I don't no I don't remember that no. this was an app that everybody used for like two months and then totally disappeared and I remember reading an article about how the company that had made that app had sold for 180 million dollars or some insanely impossible to comprehend nine figure nine digit number and it was insane. And so I think it was almost like the like the dot com boom of the late nineties. I think there was like a like a like an app boom. So I guess it is possible yeah. that. You and by the way, the way the, I don't, but the way that George obviously presented this app to like whatever investors was, he just acted the opposite of every other person presenting the investors, and of course they're going to buy right into it. So that's how that's how he got it done. And I think they're just I just think you're wrong in saying like how can he make millions of dollars off an app? I mean. If, that, if an app like an app like that could take off, it's not. It's a good idea. Yeah. And if you Stupid, down the right stupider, to- stupider apps have oh, done. By the way, so like, my memory things. is incredible. Draw something is a mobile app developed by Open Pop, we launched in 2012. Okay, <laughs> launched on February 6, 2012. In the first five weeks within with its after its launching, the game was downloaded 20 million times. On March 21, 2012. Draw something was bought by Zynga for one hundred and eighty million dollars. I had that number. Okay, there it. you go. There you go. Yeah, so, so that's insane. That's why not? In five. So weeks, there you go. So you're disproving your own point. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that is in, like I want to know. I want to know how's that company doing now. By the way, um, inactive as of September thirtieth, two thousand thirteen. So much for that. Um, yeah, and this, and this specifically is consistent with George Costanza, who, right, uh, right. If you remember back in the Busboy, he specifically brags about you know that he had the, this knowledge, like so he had this original knowledge base of where to start, that he right. knew the best public toilets He's anywhere. Working, he was working on this thing for years and years and years. Yeah, like he, yeah. like he was like he was probably thinking like I'm gonna make a book, and then like they're like, oh, there's an app, so he's like, oh, that's even better. Yeah. He's like, and he finally, you know, he went all in. Like he got whatever money he could. He like probably took out a mortgage on his parents' house somehow. Um, and like, I you think, know, put yeah, the- I think it's, yeah, I think it's a good idea by the show. It, it fits and it fits George's character. It makes sense in, in the app boom. And it's something that would have could the only way, you know, it's the, the only way George could have made millions and millions of dollars. I think it's a perfect. Yeah. Kind of- and it's, and it's, as you said, very consistent that George would become enamored by, you know, being able to tell people he was in Madoff and like being in Madoff and putting all his money into Madoff and then losing all his money into Madoff. You know, yeah. it's true. It's true what they say. The first million is the easiest to lose. Yes. <laughs> by the way, um, Zenga, the way he made his first million, of course, in Seinfeld was through architecture, right? That's when I made um, my first million. 
Yes, 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 yes. Um, By the way, George uh, the company, the company that spent 180 million dollars on that game, they now um, they bought Turkish developer Peak last year for 1.8 billion, which is uh, <laughs> ten times as much. So uh, maybe they're doing all right. I don't, I don't, I don't know if this is why you just said this, but George himself references, makes that, says that exact line in Seinfeld of, you know, the first million is the hardest million to make. Did you say that on purpose because he once yes. said that? Or yeah, not? yeah, yeah at the race. Stop explaining uh, references to the person who made the reference. <laughs> I thought, yeah, yeah at the race when yeah, he, yeah, when, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I didn't realize I, you were meant it that way. I knew what I'm doing. Um, all right, so let's continue on with the scene. Oh, I just, oh, I want to say at the end of this yeah. scene, did you get to that? At the end of the scene, he's well, go ahead. You're finishing the scene. Oh, so actually, ahead. I had one more thing I wanted to say in that. Um, I thought that like the Jerry's like explanation of the eye toilet, it was like it's extremely clumsy. Like it makes no sense that like Jerry would now be explaining to Kramer yeah, yeah, and George out loud in the room yes. what the eye toilet was. So it's like, it's like terrible. Like Quentin Tarantino, you know, who obviously is on the, on the podcast circus now, he's very notable. You know, he's, he's, he's the most famous for like what's called like hidden exposition where like right. you're telling right. the audience something, but like doing it in a natural way. Yeah, yeah. And like, this is just like, Hey audience, just want to fill you in on the backstory <laughs> of George here. It was the yeah, eye the, toilet. The, the classic way you do it is you introduce a new character who has to be explained. Right. Information. Yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, here, here there's no new other. character other than the audience. So. Yeah, so it's just, it, it felt very clumsy. Yeah. Um, that's Bring all. Monina in the room and then let her find out about it. Right. Yeah. Um, and then right. the, and then yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Other uh, other uh, victims of Bernie Madoff included Yeshiva University, uh, our uh, my alma mater, Chester's kind of uh, alma mater. The uh, Mets. The New York, the New York Mets. Steve, it's completely my alma mater. Steven, yeah, right, right. High school, right, right, sure. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why I meant. Um, uh, Steven Spielberg, Ellie Wiesel. So yeah, Madoff uh, screwed over a lot of people. George wasn't yeah. alone. He wasn't alone on this. He wasn't alone. And, then at, the, and at the end, of, and at the end of that scene, he yells Madoff, which reminded me of in the dealership when he looks up at the sky and says Twix. And again, <laughs> that's also a season nine episode, like the mate. So that's number two season nine episodes being referenced in yeah. my sick mind. Go ahead. Yeah. Continue. All right. So let's just finish the scene. Um, what we just referenced. <laughs> The eye toilet. And I thought of it. <laughs> that was one killer app. I'd have to give it all to that crook made off. I don't know. How could you be so fiscally irresponsible? That's a, that's a yeah. great favorite line. That's a great all of it, yeah. Jerry. All of it. This is good, too. This is good, too. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Elaine is perfect there. George oh, yeah. is perfect there. Everyone plays the, their roles perfectly, exactly. Yeah, uh, Kramer's delivery of fiscally responsible. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're one to talk. Um, it's just two million. He's just two million. What's the big deal, Kramer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so we're back at Jerry's apartment now. Um, I think we, I think we actually see this as a table read. Um, but so we're, I think we're theoretically back in Jerry's apartment and, you know, Jerry, uh, Elaine asks Jerry if he'll babysit for her daughter and Kramer wants to know, you know, why aren't you asking me? And C Elaine claims, you know, oh, I just thought you, you know, I figured you'd be busy. And Kramer's like, no, I'm good with kids. You know, I don't condescend to them. I, uh, I get down to their level, uh, you know, Kramer and the children all at the same level. Um, Okay, and... so this is, this is where I want to interject again with my theme that I have now. So what does yeah. this remind you of from Seinfeld? This kind of interaction about babysitting with, I mean, it's very on the, this one's on the, on the nose. Yeah, it's this is uh, the way No, no, not the way. That's not what I was thinking of. I was I'm is... talking about when, yeah. With Joey, when Kramer babysits Joey. 
Right, so that's a separate one. But I'm talking about oh, okay. the argument about who's more fit to be a babysitter. Oh, okay. I remember this. Yeah, go ahead. Remember with the salt, the cured meats, that whole episode. So the blood. Salt? That was the blood. Season nine, again, episode four, the blood, where, you know, where George had, you know, like, you know, like how just like how Alex's three things that he picks is uh, sex, sports, and uh Judaism. And Judaism for his quotes, you know, uh, George has to put together, um, what is it, eating, sex, and television for when he's having sex. Uh, so, but, but in that episode, it's the opposite. It's that Kramer is the good babysitter that the salt that cured meets woman wants. Yeah. And Elaine yeah. is the one who has to knock him off uh, off the uh, porch with the, with the broomstick. But, but that's and, like, why she's embittered, and that's why she would never trust Kramer as a babysitter. No, but she's the horrible babysitter who's pouring orange juice. Yeah, yeah out I of know, her. and she's she's mad that Kramer's considered more responsible than her. So when she's right, mother, so she's she fighting back at it. Yeah, right. So so I'm calling another reference to another season nine episode. So yeah. that's three season nines being referenced. And by the way, who was not part of season nine except for the finale? LD. Yeah, so that's weird. Yeah. Um, well, so like it kind of makes sense that like the things that would be referenced the most, most would be recent. things for the most recent and then things right. from the beginning. Like that's those right. are both like natural places to pull from because it's like the most recent, it's like it's just like logistically, you have a lot of people on staff available to you who like most like it's the people that probably most recently worked for the show. And we know it specifically was <laughs> like the Schaefers and the Bergs and the Mandels along with Larry. Um, who had all been in like this world were the people who worked on the late season of Seinfeld anyway. So like that would be the stuff that they would be probably most likely to reference. And then of course, like big picture people probably like maybe like, look, look back at some of like the early seasons of episodes of Seinfeld and like pull some stuff from there or just like reminisce about stuff. Um, but that, that seems to be the two places that uh, we're seeing them pull from. Right. But it made me wonder, and there's a couple more that I remember it, not now, but maybe when you say them, they'll, they'll click again for me. It made me wonder like just how much, Larry was literally writing this episode of Seinfeld. You know what I mean? Like who was actually writing the reunion or the reconciliation, whatever we're calling it, this new episode of Seinfeld, because if it's going to, and again, I may be pushing it a little bit with some of these references. I get that. But like, if in fact it is going to be referencing a lot of when Larry wasn't writing the episodes, those things presumably weren't about his past or weren't stories that he experienced or things like that. And in fact, a lot of, a lot of the, Again, this new episode of Seinfeld that we're watching now has quick references to things that have happened in the curb world to Larry, right? But the things oh, that sure. are happening not in the right, of course. But I'm saying the things happening in the Seinfeld world seem to be more referenced in season nine, which Larry had nothing to do with. So I wonder who actually wrote this Seinfeld episode that didn't have to do with the curb stuff. Yeah, I that's... assumed it would all be Larry, but maybe not. You know what that I mean? Would have, that would have been a good question to ask Jeff Schaefer if we ever had the opportunity. So we know, to yeah, ask we know him. the directors for the two parts. We know the directors, but we don't know. I mean, presumably it was Gar Larry and Jerry, right? Like, that's right. Like, but like, probably or, Je or Jeff or Jeff Schaefer, right? I mean, because he writes. Yeah, I'm her. sure those guys were involved. Yeah, yeah we I probably should have. We probably should have asked them if, like, there was a you know, if there was a separate writing process specifically for the Seinfeld scenes as opposed to the curb scenes. That would have been a good thing to ask him. Oh well. Yeah. I mean, one so Larry is credited with with the entire. He's. Whereas, like, so for director, it's Schaefer for the main part of the episode and Andy Ackerman for the Seinfeld segment. Right. Larry right. gets the writing credit for the whole thing. So. Right. Yeah. With, La with, La I mean, Larry, is, Larry, Larry has, uh, as we'll see next season, um, Larry gets the story by credit on every episode of Curb through the first seven seasons. It's only starring in season eight, nine, ten, and presumably 11 that he starts sharing um, writing credits. Oh, so you others. think that's why? Oh, okay. 
I'm not saying that. I'm just saying until that point, like every episode of Curb was story by Larry David. Mm -hmm. So like that's not saying anything particularly interesting about this episode of Curb Enthusiasm in terms of like who gets writing credit. Like that was like his deal was he had sole writing credit for every episode. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, yeah, so then, you know, we continue on and Elaine asks Jerry like, hey, did you give my uh, my daughter Isabel's Judy doll a haircut? And he's like, yeah, I gave her I gave it a little trim. Um, and Kramer's like, oh, I'll take care of it. But, you know, Elaine's like, no, actually, I think Uncle Jerry should take care of it. That's what Isabel calls you, by the way. Um, Kramer and- should have dropped, like, my friend Bob Sacamano has, like, you know, fake yeah, dolls. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't know I, why they didn't throw that in. That was so yeah. obvious. Yeah, anyway, I, so. yeah, they should have had Kramer. Right, yeah. I mean, right. That's another thing we should have asked also is, like, to what extent it was the Seinfeld episode, like, properly written word for word, exact? Right. Right, or was right. any of that any of that also, like, open to improvise? I don't know. We my, assu- my assumption is that not. the Seinfeld part was written totally. I would yeah, assume, I I would assume I so agree. also. Yeah. I would assume so, too. Um, yeah, so we find out that, um, you know, Jerry thinks this is weird since it turns out he is the sperm donor and thus the, I guess, the biological father of the child. Uh, Kramer also offered... Um, obviously she went with Jerry, um, <laughs> even though, you know, I guess Kramer's boys, we last we heard could swim. Um, yeah. but you know, I guess he's still going with Jerry, you know, Jerry never had the, uh, had the briefs. So, you know, he still probably got, you know, stronger boys than Kramer. Um, and another good, and another good delivery by Michael Richards as Kramer. Obviously we should expect offered, that, but right. that was all right. That was good. Yeah. Um, so interestingly, so obviously this is a callback in like a couple of ways there. Um, the only, there's only one set of words that is the episode the episode title of both an episode of Curb and an episode of Seinfeld. This is a trivia Wait, say question. Say that again. Say that again. There is only one. There's only there's one episode of Curb and one episode of Seinfeld that have the same name, same title. Both both shows. It's not. Is it? It's... Oh, the uh, no. The dog. No, you're on the, the you're on the right track phonetically. It's very much about the scene that we just saw. The doll. The Doll okay. is both an episode of Curb with... Uh, oh, right, oh, with right. Kathy Griffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and an episode... I try of... to erase all Kathy Griffin episode, episodes from my mind. <laughs> uh, let's go to the videotape on this one. Uh, the Doll. We it's have Jared low. Jerome loves this episode. You have it at 123. Oh, that's not loving. Av has I... it 143. I have it 149. You're a lover. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I got to change that around. <laughs> Yeah, so there are two. There's two other episodes with very similar names, but that's the only episode with the exact name. What um, are the similar ones? The similar ones are the jacket and the smoking jacket. Uh huh. And then there's the massage and the masseuse. The masseuse. The masseuse. Yeah. So that's a, that's as close as you get. Um. So yeah. So so what do we think? We think um, Jerry was the sperm donor in like a literal way, like this was done, you know, artificially, or did they, you know, make a baby? To, yeah, make a baby to all, save the friendship. No, I artificial. I, yeah. artificial. I don't. Artificial. I don't think. I don't think there was any. Uh, yeah, there was no. There was no this nor that. Yeah, only the other. Yeah, Not the, the other. Way. Yeah, and there was no deal either. Another another episode I hated. <laughs> um, anyway, so we uh, we head over to Queens. Um, and George is visiting his mom, uh, not his dad, as we've discussed a couple times. Well, okay, we so hold on. Let, let, let's talk about this. So and George, this is, table. This George is, is table. talking to Estelle. And before the scene, we get an external shot of the old house in Queens, right? Yeah. But George says, and George says to her, I would have bought you a new house. Yeah. Which implies that they're still living in the same house. 
But later in the episode, as we, you know, we discussed last week with Jeff Schaefer or a couple weeks ago, whatever it was, he explicitly tells Amanda that she lives in Florida now. And he says, not my parents, but my mother, implying that Frank is no longer with Estelle. So what is it? Where is she living? <laughs> she moves from Queens to Florida in the middle of this episode? <laughs> Maybe she's a snowbird. She's a snowbird. She's she's got the Florida house for the she winter. She can afford two houses. One in well, Del Boca she, Vista, maybe, one in Queens. Maybe she, maybe then she. Then what is she? What's she demanding as a house from her son when she can afford two houses of her own? Well, yeah. I think it's. I think it's if, you, if your son makes eight million dollars in in selling some stupid app that he buy his mom a nice house. Well, so are we ask. saying that eight is how? I thought he made two. Or no, it was more than a couple. No, he, no, he yeah, he yells yeah, it more than a couple. So let's say he made five. Let's, let's say, say five. All right, let's. Four. Let's say he made four million dollars. I don't know if four million dollars is enough. You're going to spend a quarter of that on a house for your mother you don't even like, who owns two houses already. Quarter, you don't. It doesn't have to be a million dollar house. Like you could buy her a nice house. Please, in 2009, you're not buying a house in Queens for less than a million dollars. Come on, who said has to be in Queens? No, no. Here's what you're missing. This is George missed a classic win-win opportunity here. Oh, buy her house far away. Buy her house far away. (laughs) Never have to see her. (laughs) As and as it would turn out, it would have been an amazing, much better uh, investment decision. Yes. yes. Park your park your money in something an actual asset instead yeah. of putting it into a Ponzi scheme. So it's like it would have been like, oh my god, I lost seventy five percent of my money in Madoff. Thank God I still have that house in Florida. Let me ask you guys. So like, does he real- buy it and keep it in his? In, does he give it to his mother or he buys it just lets her live there? He buys it. In, it's in his name. Please, this is George okay. Costanza. He's not All putting right, something okay. in somebody else's name. But let me All ask. So they didn't really buy his mother a house. He bought himself let a house and let his mother live there. Well, he didn't, but that was the plan. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. He didn't even do that. No, but yeah. I want to, with the Madoff thing, you don't lose all your money, right? If you invest with Madoff, you don't just lose all your money, right? You, some, pe- some people lose. It depends when you yeah. come in. It depends yeah. when you come in. If you come in early, you get you can make back a large, yeah, a large amount of money. Yeah. If you and come no, in at the and end, those were the people like out. Merkin, for example, who was sort of, you know, whose side is he on, right? All right, we, we don't get it. started naming names of who's to blame. Okay, um, oh yeah, probably working. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, meaning right. Like you could, if you were in it from early on and you're in it for a long period of time, you could get, you know, you could recoup enough. But it's a, then it's just a matter of like then people put even more money into it. Yeah. And like who knows how you would square up if you come right. in towards George. End, George is a latecomer. George is not like with the movers and shakers. He was not like an early investor in me. Yeah, so George the, is a latecomer. The assumption right. is George lost all the money he gave to Madoff. That's the yeah. assumption. Yeah, or well, pretty, I, or pretty much, pretty explicit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's basically, I, in, in my, yeah, he's living with Jerry. Like, he has nothing. Right, right, right. Jerry in the same apartment. Again, he's got new appliances, a new bike, but he's living in the same apartment a decade later. So what, and is, we know Jerry, what Jerry has happened was, to his career? Yeah. Yeah, I well, mean, maybe he, it's, it maybe it's rent controlled, controlled or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think he's in a rent controlled building. Mm, okay, yeah. So then you're not going to give that up. That's true. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to head over to uh, Monk's Coffee Shop. <laughs> Dreading telling you about this whole Madoff thing. Oh well. You must hate me for losing all our money, but look at me. I'm I'm, I'm living with Jerry. Oh yeah. We're wiped out. Actually, I'm fine, George. Fine. I took my half out of Madoff right after we got divorced. You what? I still have my half. Why did you take it out? I bumped into Madoff on the street one day, and he was wearing this quilted jacket with the collar up, and for some reason, it just creeped me out. <laughs> so the next day, I pulled all my money out. That's, that's my money. <laughs> money! You have my money! Not according to the laws of the state of New York. Now, let me... Uh, I got it. You let me get the check! Hey, jeez. <laughs> Forgot to go to the cash machine. Do they not take credit cards? 
<laughs> okay, another another season nine thing. The 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 wallet. Do you notice the difference? George was famous for his giant overstuffed buddy, his wallet. Yeah. From another season nine episode. Now they make the exact opposite, a completely barren, empty wallet. Well, another because season... made off wash yeah. Well, I get why, but I'm saying there's another season nine, you know, connection. Yeah. Now can we talk about the, the not according to the laws of the state of New York, which in the curb episode, Jerry and Larry and everybody thinks is such a hilarious line. Does <laughs> right. that do it for you guys? No, no. it's not a good, not a good no, line. Listen, yeah. you guys know my thing on Cheryl. Did that wry smile of like sticking it to him like that bother anybody uh, else? <laughs> She's playing a character here. Uh, yeah, well, he's, he, has the, he hates the character, doesn't he? Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah, I don't hate Cheryl Hines. I hate Cheryl David or Amanda Costanza. Amanda Costanza. Amanda, Costanza. Amanda yeah. Costanza. Who thought of that? Yeah. But uh, no, but you no. Know, but in all seriousness, maybe it's because she's not like part of the Seinfeld gang, which obviously she, she talks about with Larry, you know, in the show. But doesn't she really not fit in there? Like. Do you guys feel that? Like, I don't know. She just has like a whole different vibe to her. Like, I mean, what would, would I think you that's only it? because you're seeing Cheryl from Curb? Like, I think in a, in the world where Larry David is married, like in the fictional world of Curb, I don't think this like anyone's like, oh, it's like awkward that like Cheryl is with the Seinfeld. Like, I think it's yeah, fine. You're, you're probably right. You're would probably would right. Meg Ryan fit in here anymore? I don't think so. Well, I, you know what? Here's well, the answer is when Elizabeth Shue comes later, I'm feeling it more. So maybe that to me it but is. But that's maybe because you don't identify her. I just hate Cheryl so much that I just can't ever see anything. What, 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 I, what I would point out here is I think that Jerry's right. You needed a name for this role. Yeah. And you know what they say about um, what's her name? Uh, Victoria, Virginia yeah. Sloan. Yeah. Hello, pro, hello, hello, pro. pro yeah. Did you did you watch the Buddy Rich thing, by the way, that I sent you? I did not. Oh. And, and it's that, literally that, two minutes, and you really okay. should. It's very but, funny. But also, but also, you have to take this out because this hasn't happened yet. No, but it has because Jared knows what I'm talking about because Allie told us about it months ago on Seinfeld. Okay. <laughs> yes. Fine. Yeah. Okay, oh, Jared, have... Jared. Jared doesn't understand the reference you just made. And neither right, do because you talked about this on last night's podcast, which yeah. no one will hear for two, until two weeks from now. So, but, but I talked about it on a podcast two months ago on another network feed with. Jared. So I'm supposed to be. You think I'm remembering yeah. it from that? I remember because I remember from yesterday. that. <laughs> all right, okay. All right. Yeah. All okay. right. Um. Okay. Yeah. So, um, anyone remember um who else wore um notably wore his collar up? Yes. Tony. Tony, the Mimbo. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Jerry makes fun of him a couple times for wearing his collar up. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so, yeah, obviously, yeah, again, like, so what season is that? Do you know? Season five. Okay, so that's from the US. Did you know I, that off the cuff? I know uh, all the episodes off the cuff. But you know the seasons? Very impressive. I know the seasons and the numbers. That's As, that's... as I said, we're having, we're having a very big yeah. Seinfeld fan on today. You, you, will, you, will, t- you will tell me the seasons. <laughs> <laughs> I will show you the seasons. That was the um, stall. That was five twelve. The stall that, that episode. I have nice. a numbers memory. I have a very good numbers memory. Heights, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. It's all connected. It's all connected. Um. Yeah. So okay. So we head back over to uh, Jerry's place, and Elaine's like, "Hey, you know, we really need to tell Isabel the truth about Jerry being your her dad, but Jerry's not ready. Uh, she wants to know." And Jerry's like, well, you know, Clark Kent didn't know who his father was, and he turned out fine. <laughs> Pretty an argument. And he has, but he has to put his Superman reference in there. You got to do it. So. Yeah, but I think there's something. Um, I do like, kind of like it how Elaine does know about the crystals because it's kind of like, yeah, she's always been annoyed by the Superman stuff. Yeah, but, she but after 20 up, years yeah. hanging out right, with it's him, like, it's like osmosis. You know about <laughs> right. all of it. 
Like my wife. It's like my mother. It's like my mother. She cares. Too. It's like yeah. oh you oh you know about the you know about the Mets. Yeah. Right. I was gonna say. I was yeah. Gonna say, you talk like, about the crystals all the time. It's like my mother, who has six sons, who are talking and watching sports all the time and all day, can pick up on like who uh, has heard over the years like who Mike Piazza is. You know things like that. So it's that kind of thing. You spend all your days with Jerry. You're gonna know like the the basics of a Superman. You know. <laughs> well, but Elaine goes into like what Piazza's OPS was in like 2008 or something. She's going pretty detailed with the with the. Uh, I, I think this is a pretty basic thing of Superman that like. Oh, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, I mean, that's like the I think the, the most basic story of Superman is he like is in trouble and he goes to the Fortress of Solitude and gets the crystals and that like helps him. I don't know. I thought he's happened. in trouble because of um what what what's it? um What's the one substance? Krypton. Kryptonite. Kryptonite. Yeah. Yeah. I'm clearly. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I don't I don't know a lot about Superman. That's like the basic plot of Superman one, though, the movie. So like I'm assuming he, he, like he builds he builds um he builds the Fortress of Solitude as a place where he can like hide his father. Away. His father builds it, I think. No, no, he built I think no no, he built it on Earth. His father never came to Earth. His father blew up in when when Krypton blew up. But how is his father in it then? This is so stupid. Because and, like, people because, people yeah. are yelling at us right now. Right. So this is not like, like, we don't know like the basic plot of Superman. So I know like from the original Superman movie, he's like looking through the, the um the Fortress of Solitude and it's all filled with crystals, and everything, and he pulls them out and they're like they're like videos of like things that his right. father left him. So I think maybe I don't know, maybe he put that in his in his in his uh spacecraft that he flew he made that know. he came as a baby yeah you're right i'm not sure how could his father make it on earth though i don't know I, Somebody I, thought he asked... likes, I thought he like sent it with him or something well that's what i said that must be what it was i'm not sure whatever yeah so i think it's his father arranged for it or whatever yes yes that's true because his okay. father's one leaving him all these messages about what yeah to do in life and everything yeah like that. exactly i mean yeah well not exactly i don't know well i think we're on the right track right? <laughs> Um, yeah, so apparently, of course, not necessarily the case that we know about the crystals through osmosis <laughs> from Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, because, um, yeah, we, we, are, we haven't picked it all up. So uh, I'm sure Elaine's seen the 78 film, you know, Superman, the movie. So that's how she knows it. That's all. Yeah. Um, or, you know, she, you know, one time she was, you know, sooner or later, you're over at Jerry's. Like, the only thing to read is going to be like a Superman comic. Here. <laughs> like, all, right, all right. I guess I should check it out. This guy's talking about it all the time. I guess I should read one. I guess I should look at Superman one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See what that's like. Um, yeah. So uh, Newman knocks on the door. Hello, Jerry. Hello, Newman. Um, Newman, as I think you pointed out in a previous episode, like very out of nowhere, just like wants to like come and like bash the eye toilet. Like, like right. Like, it's like so it makes no sense. Like it's not like it's yeah, a new I wish, thing. It's like I just didn't get Wayne Knight in the episode. Yeah, but but again, so of this course. is this is the theme throughout the whole thing. So like so with and we didn't get to all this yet, but just briefly, like Wayne Knight's quick appearance, Estelle's reading in the table read, and then eventually Banya's reading in the table read. But I thought it was funny that Schaefer didn't even remember why uh, Jerry Stiller wasn't on. I'm sure he was he was doing that other show. What was that other show that he King did? That Queens? other sitcom. Yeah, yeah, he was, must have been filming that. So, I mean, I'm assuming, or so it could have been something else, obviously. Or but, whatever, or he was on vacation, and he, whatever, yeah. whatever. Yeah, he was busy. That's a crazy thing. But, but uh, the, Laurie, point yeah, I'm yeah. Making, the point I'm making is that they really did, now again, it's a very quick, obviously, quote episode of Seinfeld, but, like, they could have given, like, the bat, well, we didn't get to it yet, so I'll talk about it then, but, like, the Estelle line was nothing. Like, Estelle has a huge role in Seinfeld, and all she says is, like, you could have got me the, you know, you could have got me well, the house. we saw 10 minutes. Maybe she has another role. All right. Fine. My question but is, it's... all right, you need to get Wayne Knight in there. You need to force that in there. You need to get, you know, uh, George's parents, probably. Why is Banya in this episode? 
Yeah, of all people, Banya. Uh, he's I mean, I, I like. I don't want to besmirch Banya or the actor, but it's it just, probably you know, it was probably just like who was around. Yeah, I'm sure that was a big you know, part of it. Buddy would have been sure Larry. Um, what, Larry Wilson. Wilson what's his name? The soup Nazi. I'm sure he would have. Oh, he would have loved it. He would have loved. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I feel like they probably wanted to go. No, they didn't. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they probably don't like love him. Oh, I'm sure that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so here's the question: Who should have been ahead of Banya that wasn't in it? I would say Peterman for sure. Peterman would be great. Uh, what's his name? Patrick Warburton. Uh, well, Putty I mean, it's it's a Jerry heavy. It's a George heavy yeah, story, right? Well, that's right. the thing. We get very little. We, of the we, other we story need line. Jerry Stiller. Is who we need. We absolutely need Frank. No, right, actually, we have- no, we don't because we don't need more George. I completely disagree. Like we need more people from other people's orbits. Like we need we need Putty in there. We need someone like a former Jerry girlfriend. Like we enters. Like there needs we we don't see any. Like Jerry has no drama in this episode. Like he's mm. just around for other people's. Like uh, is Uncle things. Leo still with us? No, no. Oh, maybe then he was. Maybe then he Uncle was. Leo would be great to like bring him in. Like and he like he heard that like Jerry. Jerry, oh, that Jerry he heard that like Jerry is the father of <laughs> Elaine's baby, and like he's like very upset because like they weren't married because like, he's very old fashioned. And he's gonna tell his mother, and like you know that would, that would be interesting. Although they're probably not, probably weren't with us any longer. At what about point. one of the Lloyd's Braun? Third, how about they bring back like, a new guy? Hold on a second. Is Ruthie Cohn not in this episode? I'm just thinking. She's about not. It. She should totally be in there. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's a shame that she was. She still alive? Is she still alive? I, mean, I don't know. That I can't answer. That I don't know. All right. But you know, Banya's Banya's ahead of most of these people in terms of like Seinfeld lore. You know, he's like he's ahead of any Jerry girlfriend. He's ahead of any of the girlfriends or boyfriends. He's ahead of the a couple of people you just Jackie Childs. He's, I would say, on par with Jackie Childs, something like that. Maybe even a little ahead. Banya was a pretty strong force in, in the show, yeah. so I don't think he's a crazy guy to have. It's not like they just had what, like the Sponge guy, you know what I mean, or something like that. So I think yeah. Banya. So she answer. she passed away in two thousand and eight. So really, so, Ruthie, yeah. she wasn't yeah. that old. So that's why Ruthie wasn't here. She was born in the Bronx. Ruthie from the Bronx. She mm-hmm. appeared in more episodes of the NBC sitcom Seinfeld than any other actor, with the exception of the four main stars: Jerry, Jason, Michael, and Julia. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, Except for the it. one episode where they needed the woman with the pie, where they needed the woman with the long nails to for, to, for to scratch Kramer's back with the mannequin, the double mint gum, that whole thing. Remember her? Yeah. Uh, Olive. Olive was her name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 101 of the 180 episodes, mainly as an extra, it says. <laughs> mainly, yes. Except in uh, one of your favorites, if not your favorite, the, the gum, where she comes up big. Yeah, yeah so I'm a huge Ruthie, horse. Ruthie Cohn stand. She's one, obviously one of my favorite characters. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's like the greatest episode. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, where were we? So, yeah, so, yeah, Jerry's sympathies are only with the toilets. Um, <laughs> so then, um, Nina comes barging in, she's looking for Kramer, and Kramer explains that he hired her to, um, travel with him in the carpool lane so he can go to the ball game. Um, well, you guys talked course- about this a little bit before in New York, you need the carpool, blah, 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 and I think it plays. If you go into the Mets game in Queens, yeah. you could take, yeah. Yeah. Now here's the or, thing. Or the, giant, to, or, the giant, or the giant stadium. We only yeah. see Monina in this sort of this run through. We never see her in costume. We right. have to assume that in costume because the real life Monina was just like a dynamic figure. And this woman is very demure for uh, especially someone who's playing a hooker. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that last time. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is her not in costume and they're going to spruce her up. A yeah, little this bit. is just like a run through. OK. All right. You know, they're testing the lighting and stuff. Yeah. Um. 
So let's so yeah, so let's so keep track. So how many Larry stories have we now brought back to this Seinfeld episode? The we doll. Have Molina, we have the Judy doll. Are those the only two so far? I think so. Okay. I mean, they, they will. Yeah, we'll get a reference later to the kidnapping, but we haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. There. The therapist. The mugging. Right. The fake mugging. Excuse right. me. The therapist. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So we um. Where are we? Yeah, all right. So yeah, we talked about Banya. Um, he, uh, you know, he's very hard in this economy. He's no work, and Jerry's like, but you never worked. Uh, Again, they could have done. They could have done better than that. Like the one-off jokes with the with the recurring characters, they didn't nail. You know what I mean? Like they could have yeah. done better with those. Yeah, yeah, I agree. These aren't these aren't the best, but like it's still like in the moment it was just like fun. I think just to like it was like oh Banya. Yeah. Like yeah. oh that guy. Like it's like it was fun. Um. Which is, I think, how a lot of people felt about the finale. Like back to that, like I was just like, it, like it didn't matter. Like it was just fun. I was like, oh, that that guy's back. Like and like that's just more to the point of like whether you're looking for like the nostalgia or like the actual like fulfilling episodes in its own right. But you know, different uh, different ways of approaching it. So we head back over to monks um, with Jerry and George. I'll never meet anyone else again. Probably not. Meeting is hard. Meeting is hard. Why can't you meet? Can't meet. Why is that? This is what single people are thinking about the minute they wake up in the morning. And yet we're surrounded by people. They're right next to us on the bus, on the street. But we can't meet them. Why won't they meet us? Because strangers have a bad reputation. <laughs> a few bad strangers have ruined it for the rest of us. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Oh, Amanda. <laughs> she was so easy to talk to. Mm. Her like will never come this way again. Oh, there she comes now. <laughs> Why don't you uh, take a seat? Just have some coffee. Okay. So, what, uh, what brings you here? I'm meeting someone. Dating? Just sex. <laughs> She's easy to talk to. <laughs> That's a good. I think it's a good quality Seinfeld. Yeah, there. I was. That's yeah. I think that's like that fits into any meaty part of regular right. Seinfeld. That's just like a good, excellent, um, like Seinfeld. Just like George and Jerry in the diner, just schmoozing, breaking down, da- breaking down something silly. The whole like Wait. because strangers have a bad reputation is like classic yeah. Jerry delivery. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think yeah. just throughout, like the best parts of this episode of Seinfeld are the George Jerry and Elaine Jerry interactions. The story itself. You know, who cares? It's what we want to see is the interaction between the, you know, the core four. Yeah. Well, and, they, they, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I, and um, having just now seen that scene, I would definitely will agree with you that like Jason and Elizabeth Jew just like have much better chemistry than uh, yeah. Jason and Cheryl. Like, and maybe Cheryl I don't know if that was supposed awkward. to be intentional. She was awkward. Yeah. Enough. It's, yeah. Cause like, but, but it's, yeah, it's a, she, she has a different type of acting <laughs> style. Um, that just like doesn't work in this uh, in this moment, I think. Um, but yeah, so it's just but like yeah, Elizabeth Shue is just like is great. Like she's like very much just like knows how to push George's buttons, and like that's really fun to see. Like just like she's like torturing him. Um, and it's like it's also like funny to see this now in the context of the Seinfeld episode because like that moment where um, Amanda turns around and you see that it's Elizabeth Shue like in. Right. The season of Curb for us, the viewer of the Curb season, is a is an aha moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like watching it here, it's like it, you're completely indifferent. Like you just know it's like oh, they replaced the actor in the middle or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. That. Yeah. That was definitely not something you were expecting when you were watching it the first time that Cheryl was going to quit. So yeah. 
but it was the right choice. Virginia Sloan all the way. I happen yeah. to be a big like I you know I grew up with some you know as we probably all I grew up oh, with some yeah. shoe roles like Karate Kid and that. I, I had no idea who this person was. I still don't. Yeah, you yeah, she's she's, uh, she's in like funny. every '80s movie. <clears throat> not every. She's not in like that much, but she's in a few she's like a big lot. ones. Um, Adventures and babysitting. Yeah, you know, she had. I've a never even heard of that movie. A breakout serious role in Leaving Las Vegas, where uh, Nicolas Cage won the Oscar. She was really good in that. But, yeah, she yeah. did a lot of stuff. She's, uh, you know, that's there's no there's a reason she works so much. Yeah, hello, pro. <laughs> um, so yeah, so yeah, I love the end. Terry's like, yeah, she is easy to talk to. <laughs> yeah, who is she having sex that... with? Yeah, is it know. a threesome? We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. But Av, you hit the best line. It was the, it was the uh, when Je- what was it when Jerry's like. Uh, yeah, because people because people don't trust strangers. Like Stranger, so <laughs> strangers have a bad reputation. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, the, yeah. and the whole George Brody, like, oh, yeah, oh, they ruined it for all of us. Only a few bad scenes. <laughs> yeah, like he's not one of them, you know. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Uh, yeah, the whole yeah, we're surrounded by people. Yeah, we cannot meet. Yeah, that's very you know that's that's like straight out of stand up. Um, when like his just stand up just translates very well into just like a, a hanging out scene. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, back to Jerry's place and Jerry and Elaine, and Jerry's telling the story that we alluded to earlier about like I don't even understand like what the issue is here. Like he's at the bank and like the guy is leaving yeah. too much space in front of him, so like Jerry like in his deranged mind could think he's a little bit closer to the like it, it goes by the number of people, not by like how close you are to the front. Like what do we even understand like what Jerry's issue is here? Like I who did. cares? Who cares where the guy in front of you is standing? Where like. Is there's more space this in front was, of him? This wasn't with parking. They weren't talking about saying with. I to, I think I totally didn't get this whole scene. Like it was so weird. He wasn't talking about like a guy pulled ahead of him and parked in front of him. I think I, I thought he said he was online at the bank. Oh, so maybe. So I might just. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I just didn't get the scene. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I got. It. I found this very confusing. And yeah, of course, like very much. He's like social distancing. Yeah, he's you know he's uh he's one of those libs. He's he's still doing social distancing. I wanted to get more up in his face. <laughs> Um, so yeah, she's like, and like, as he's talking, he notices that Elaine's on her Blackberry while she, he's talking to her and he starts to get annoyed. Like, what is this? Can like, I just like hold up a magazine while you're talking. And of course she can't hear what he's saying because she's on her Blackberry. Um, obviously, uh, team Elaine here. Totally yeah, fine. Of course. Yes. <laughs> when someone is talking to you. It's not like I get into a fight over this exact <laughs> with my wife all the time. I, yeah, completely, so this- I completely disagree with you guys. It's so it's it's like oh it's it's such a good point by Jerry. That's literally what you're doing. You're picking up a magazine and reading it while well, somebody. Well, it also depends on on some people are able to do two things at once and some people are not. Well, yes, and, and I also so think I like think the culture, like Av and I are in an industry where you're sort of expected to be looking at your phone all the time, whereas yeah, you that's and what my I'm wife, doing. you and my wife are healthcare providers, and your job is to put the phone down and and look at the person in the eye who you're treating. That's actually not a bad point. I mean, that's actually a good point. Yeah. I wonder if that plays into it. I don't know. I'll but... try that on my wife. See if it works. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, it they, worked on me. Tell her it worked on me. Yeah, so it you... worked on it worked on Jared. Now, this of course is interesting because one of the very last like Seinfeld things we saw was the whole cell phone etiquette with you know the cell yeah. phone walk and talk. Yeah, um, is you know one of the uh, big uh, and then the, the call from jail is like the makeup for that. So again, we're doing uh, cell phone etiquette in the in the reunion. So like right. interesting uh, callback to that whether. Uh, <laughs> um okay and then we have uh george costanza but uh he looks a little different than uh (laughs) the george costanza that we're used to seeing he's too tall 
Hey, George. Are you happy? What? What? I want to know if you're happy. Yeah, I'm reasonably happy. You had to interfere, didn't you? George, what are you talking about? Kramer and I were all set to do this fake mugging, and you about to put all these ideas in his head that he was doing something wrong. George, wouldn't it be easier just to talk to Amanda? No. 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 <laughs> ho, ho. George is getting upset. <laughs> so, so Av, let me ask you, what exactly was wrong with that performance by Larry David as George? <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, he was very good. He was. I like Larry's George. I love Larry's George. I'm not going to say better than Jason's because Jason's is, you know, but but it's very very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's 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 still a very it's a very very fun scene. Um, obviously, just like on the meta level, it's like knowing exactly what's happening. It just adds like so much to it. But it's like it's just very fun to see. Um, so like of course, like the obvious reference of what they're going for here is back to the therapists, like the fake mugging right. that they did there, and like I guess the concept here is going to be that like Kramer is going to pretend to mug Amanda, and then George is going to like save him. But like, but doesn't she? But doesn't she know Kramer? <laughs> but also, doesn't Cheryl? Wait, I forget. Does Cheryl know that Larry was behind, did a fake mugging with this there, her therapist? I don't think she does. Uh, hmm. I think we say that she does because at the very end, I think the, the therapist calls her like when they're at the amusement park and like we see like her face like turn from like a smile to like, oh, like she just told me like what a creep this guy is. Yeah. So it's, oh, I, we don't necessarily know that she told her literally everything, <laughs> but like I, I would venture to guess she probably knows. Yeah. Um, this also like probably not on purpose, but like it's kind of what we see uh, when Kramer <laughs> uh, mugs George to pretend for pretend for the benefit of the German tourists. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, Kramer's again, into it, George, have... <laughs> not so much. <laughs> yeah. So again, like we're uh, we have two instances now of Kramer and George collaborating on a fake mugging. Now, but I think I think we're burying the lead here. The lead is we've talked about it. You guys have talked in the past and I've talked to you guys about it. How good of an actor Larry David really is like Larry David is not supposed to be an actor. He's supposed to be a writer and all this kind of stuff. But like, I think we all agree that like his reactions are incredible to other people, especially the fact that it's all ad libbed on the fly and everything like that. He do doesn't seem to break that often like Jerry did all the time. Who knows how many how much editing plays into that. And like now, yes, George is based on him, but he doesn't look like Jason Alexander and he like nails this George scene, you know? And like, for some reason they're playing it off as, as he's horrible to the point that he has to quit the show. But I, yeah, he, maybe he goes a little over the top with the, you know, with the, well, whatever he says. Well, like, I mean, let's take a step back. Like there's no version of like real life where if Jason Alexander wasn't in that they would do it with Larry David. Playing no, the character. 100%, like that's 100%. not going to, that's not going to play for NBC. A hundred percent. But that's not what the, that's not what the complaint was. They were saying, no, of course, so I'm right. Saying, you actually you well, raise an interesting well that well that well that is Jerry's original argument is this is iconic television icon yeah. icon icon yeah. icon no, no con. Con. like right. you can't be George Costanza Jason no, then, they should, then they shouldn't have even let him uh, do it because you know they shouldn't have let him uh, what's it called uh, well, what's what's the harm well they do it on curb because it's funny like yeah. and it's here and, or just like whatever fine let him do it um, we'll say right. you get it out of the system. I like, want to right. dig a little kind deeper. Of like, kind of like Jeff's original whole thing with like, let's go to NBC, tell, tell them no, and then they can stop bothering us about it. Right. Sorry, yeah. Alex, go I, ahead. I want to dig a little deeper into something you said, like you sort of dismissed it. Yeah, Larry sorry. David, Jerry Seinfeld, 
Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Michael Richards, everybody except Jason Alexander goes to NBC and says, we want to make a Seinfeld reunion. Everybody's in except for Jason. You don't think NBC still does it? I think uh, obviously they lean as hard as they can on Jason Alexander to participate, but they're not not doing it. I, I, I'm not, I don't know. I, I, I guess, I mean, what, what you're saying makes sense. That's like, they'll st- it'll still make a ton of money. Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't know. It would just, that would be so weird. It would be very weird. Yes. It would it, be insane. Like it would be, I'm un- trying to no think one- like if friends had only gotten five of the six. But well, that's different. They weren't going to do it. Like the, the, the actors wouldn't do it. <laughs> I think that's right. right. Yes. There's no scenario in which Jerry agrees to do it without without all the court. Because right, right. Then it'll just be weird. Like that's that'll be the only thing that anybody's talking about. It would be lame. That. His whole thing is he doesn't want to be lame. That would be lame. Now he lame for for not to not have George Costanza in it. Yeah. And the Friends reunion. No, you know what they would do? They would just have an episode without George before they put someone else in the George role. That's number one. But that would be so weird too. But that would be less weird than having Larry David playing George. That's yeah, but here weird. the whole this is a George episode, so like it's over. Yeah, 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 I agree. But um, yeah, so yeah. Anyway, no, so George, I actually you know, yeah, go ahead. ahead. Compared to the Friends reunion, like let's just say Matt LeBlanc couldn't make it or or whatever, so that would be that wouldn't be great, but it would be okay because it wasn't an episode. It was just the four. It was six of them just talking and everything like that and different skits and whatnot so you didn't need him but like to have a literal episode of the show and not have you know one of the six people in friends and one of the four people in seinfeld wouldn't fly i'm just saying it's not a direct comparison between the two that's all yeah um i have a i pulled a little uh, clip from the uh I, I mentioned this on last week's podcast there's this whole like little bonus segment of uh jason and larry talking about this scene and um jason coaching larry on how to play george costanza so the buddy rich oh, you have no time for though <laughs> yes i had time for this is you know the audience wants me to do this better more than listen to i, I still don't even know what this is, is a band buddy rich do you not listen to the seinfeld <laughs> podcast that jared and i and Allie do are you listening to yes, I have listened to every single second of your okay. Seinfeld podcast. They are many hours. I don't remember every single thing that you referenced in the it's many the hours. the only thing, I, I mean, uh, honestly, it's the only thing we've done that's actually interesting if you're like a Seinfeld buff that you didn't already know. It's definitely worth it. I said to you, it's two minutes and 48 seconds. What am I Googling? Buddy Rich what? Buddy Rich tapes Seinfeld. You don't need to Google it. I sent you the YouTube link, yes, a couple days ago. Uh, this way I'll have in my browser. Okay, yeah, Seinfeld okay. and the Buddy Rich and the Buddy Rich tapes. Yeah. YouTube, two minutes and 44 seconds. I can yes. That. That's fine. Yes. And you will tell okay, me I'll why. I'll put, right. put, right. put it on three speed, so it's only like 54. This guy, this guy is not my kind of guy. Yeah, okay. Anyway. I'll watch uh, that video and then, and then show me what it's like, okay? And what's the third one, Jerry? Do you remember what the third one is? No, I don't. I don't. Right, okay. All right, I'm gonna do that, and then I'll get right. back to you. All, All right. right, give us the Jason Alexander. All right, let's do the yeah, let's do this clip of uh, Jason and Larry. The day that where I really went, okay, we're in Wonderland now. So the storyline is that Jason, TV Jason, quits the Seinfeld. Jason's doing some air quotes there. <laughs> and Larry says, "I can play George. I am George. I'll play George." And they give him a shot, and then we shoot a reunion Seinfeld scene with Larry as George. The day they're shooting that, I'm not on set. They don't need me. I get a call at 9 o'clock in the morning from Larry David, frantic, telling you have to come down. I don't know how to do you. And I said, what are you, t- what are you talking about? I was doing you, you idiot. <laughs> you know that. Just do what you do. Oh, George is different from me. I said, he's not different from you, Larry. I was doing you. You have to come down and give me line readings. 
I went, you've got to be kidding me. And I went down, <laughs> and I'm giving Larry David line readings as George, who is Larry David. I mean, really, we were in, we were in Wonderland that day. And it was fantastic. And I'm just looking at him going, you're an idiot. <laughs> you are an idiot. I don't know what I'm doing here. You are, and, and then he would argue with me about the line reading. And I go, you told me you want to know how I would do it. And then he's arguing with me about it. That's not the way to do it. Now, this is all Larry <laughs> David's idea. He thinks this is hilarious. How is his impersonation of George? It's not good. It's not good. Yes, it is. Yeah. Julia's rude. George, George, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, don't, I don't really do a good impression of, uh, of George. Oh! George is getting upset! It's fantastic. <laughs> so, really good. I was to say, no, no, you got to go with this, and they were, you know, coaching me. It's, it's the ho-ho is the key. Yeah, that you is the weakest part. <laughs> I can't believe you listened. I thought we were friends. I thought we were friends. I thought we had each other's facts. I can't believe you listened. I thought we were friends. I thought we had each other's facts. That's good. You know, if he takes me through these one by one, it'll, it'll be better. I want to know if you're happy. I'm reasonably happy. You have to interfere, didn't you? You take the. I want to know if you're happy. You know, he's sitting on it, and then it's the explosion. Yeah. Yeah, how did you do it? Thank you. Oh, uh, you know what? J- Jason's better than Larry. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, there's like us saying, like, oh, you know, actually, you know, like, when you think about it, Larry David's actually not a bad actor. And then there's like, there's Jason Alexander, like, playing George Costanza. Yeah. Like, obviously, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. But that's because it's his character. That's why. Of course, of course, of course. He's no, be- no, but also, he's obviously a much more polished, trained actor who's like, could like deliver with the same cadence. Why? Well, he just sends, he just makes pamphlets about how to act. All right, Av, yeah. very quickly, rank your Costanzas um, from one to three. Alexander David <laughs> Jerome. By the way, two first names for all three of those Jews. I don't understand the yeah. question. Alexander David. He's or saying Jerome? me. Who Jason Alexander, best- Larry David, and Jared Jerome rank their rank their George Costanzas. Oh, um, Jason Alexander, Jared Jerome, Larry David. Oh wow! Wow! I don't yeah. agree with that. What a cover! Jared's getting upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why I think you, yeah, why would Jared get upset? Because I think it's just like you have the the vocal cords to do it in a way that Larry David doesn't. Is and yeah. like, I think that's like one of the main things you see there. Where it's like like obviously the whole conversation that Jason's having there of like oh it's like so interesting and it's meta and like doesn't make sense. How could you not play it? But like obviously like in real life that's nonsense because it's like it's a character who yeah. talks in right. a certain way and has right. a certain presence and like it's just you know it's a TV show like it needs to make sense for the viewer that this is the same person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even yeah. if like if somehow like you have to replace. The actor like you want you want someone to be able to just like still feels like george and like that has nothing to do with personality which is adopted you know into george costanza but like not just like the way you look and move and talk yeah jason is playing larry's personality an exaggerated right. form of larry's personality but that doesn't mean he's going to sound like larry or vice versa so yeah obviously that doesn't make yeah sense. so like he obviously like it definitely makes sense so like he still needs to be good um yeah let's just uh let's just finish up this clip and then we can uh wrap up this part and move on I came up with George, how to do George. Okay, now do that speech for me. Kramer and I were all set to do this fake mugging, but you have to put all these ideas in his head that he was doing something wrong. And it's Jerry that put the ideas in? Both of them. Kramer and I were all set to do the fake mugging, and you had to put all those ideas into his head. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, he's very good. Not easy. It's slightly unpleasant. To do that. <laughs> yeah, that's really yeah. It's just uh, yeah. Good, even even if we don't agree with uh, the all takes, it's just it's it's really fun to see the whole like behind the scenes on that. And that's also like one of the really fun parts <laughs> of the whole season is just like seeing Jerry and Larry together, just like seeing that like for the first time with them just like collaborating on something and like how you know their writing style and like their different collaborations of like who came up with what like that's like the stuff that like us like hardcore Seinfeld has fans had like dreamed of like having like of seeing for all these years like the process of making Seinfeld and like now we kind of get to see it yeah you guys have said all season like the and I've and I've written it in and spoken to you guys the, the, the uh Jerry Larry uh, scenes in the curb, you know, in the season of Curb, just not even having to do with the show, were so good and so well done, and were like that was the apex of the season for me. So yeah, that's to that point. Yeah. Um, okay. Should we move on to uh, George and Amanda? Jerry's a place. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, he's uh, he's with Amanda, and she's telling him how her therapist thinks that maybe there is another side to George. Um, maybe there's more to George than meets the eye. Yeah. No, um, there's, I, less. there's less. Um, I saw um, Lori David was quoted in a newspaper um, in the um, newspaper when they got divorced. Um, her, she was quoted as saying, people ask me all the time, how do you stay with him? I always tell them there's another side to Larry that you don't see. And then I just realized today there's no other side. Well, that's literally <laughs> what Cheryl says verbatim. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously that, <laughs> that was pro- obviously a thing that she said that goes all straight into curb. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I thought that she was doing a bit, but I think you're right. I think Larry actually stole it from her and put it in the curb. <laughs> yeah, I think that's for sure. Yeah. I think this is for this is for now a now George storyline. She left is, Larry David to go with, uh, date Al Gore. Right. Cheryl Cheryl David leaves Larry David to go date Ted Danson. Dan Dan right. uh, Danson's good, but Gore is uh, I think Gore is uh, more famous than Danson. <laughs> Yeah, well, we've talked about this before. I'm more mean, famous. I could. I. I don't. I, I don't think it's like an obvious choice that you go with Al Gore over Ted Danson. I think it's like it just very much depends on like what type of party yeah, you yeah. want to be. They're at. They're both high enough. Yeah, that it's your personal preference. They're they're both excellent. Like they're both in like the top like point one percent of like randomly. Oh, if you could like choose. So is Larry David, by the way. <laughs> well, well he, are, yeah. you, are you basing it just on money? Like, what do you what do you? No, mean on that? the whole package. <laughs> Gore is not such a great whole package. He like blew up to like a blimp. He was like, you know, like. <laughs> Well, it's true. I mean, you know, like I, I got to say, like, I was very surprised like once um, politically. I think uh, most people know who I was aligned with and Bush v. Gore. But I was but I always thought that George Bush was a much better looking man than Al Gore. And I've only mentioned this to like two or three um, heterosexual women, but all of them that I've mentioned it to strenuously disagreed with me and said that Al Gore was much better looking than George Bush. Hmm. What are your guys thoughts? Um, Jared's not a fan of Al Gore's looks, as we just learned. I think there's well, no, I think when he was vice president, he was a lot better than afterwards. Like he famously like put on like a hundred, like literally like a hundred pounds. Mm. No, I mean that matters. So yeah. I think Bush is a little bit better looking, but yeah. um, I, I don't think it's like obvious one way or another. Yeah, Bush is Bush was like a cute guy to me. He was like a like <laughs> he was like a Curious George. He was like a little monkey. I agree with that. <laughs> George um, wants to call his mom to let them know that, you know, we're getting back together. And she's like, this might actually be the news that finally kills her. And Amanda's like, what do you mean? Because like, uh, because she's going to be shocked or because she doesn't like me. And he's like, either way. (laughs) 
Um, and then they get into like, well, what if she asks me why? Like, what happened? And she says, well, you know, why don't you just tell her? Sometimes you have to be away from something to really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and that, of course, is supposed to not going to tie later to, um, you know, Cheryl obviously coming back to Larry. Yeah. Um, so they're like kind of doing the same storyline in both. Which no, is, I'm not again, overly familiar with Cuban food. Are you guys? Yeah, no. I mean, I don't really, I don't really understand this whole. So I, I think it makes sense what Amanda's saying. I don't really understand it with food as like this being a phenomenon that you don't enjoy it while you're eating it. Like it should be yeah. the opposite. Like I understand the opposite. It's like it's delicious, and then you regret it later. No, I well, think no, 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 no. Yeah, having I, it every day when you're having Cuban food, for example, every day you lose appreciation for. It. But then when you don't have it for a year because you're a move out of town or whatever, you're. You're pining for that old for the Cuban sandwich. Again. See, I, I think he's saying something else. I think he's saying you don't even like Cuban food. It's only the absence, of, which is sort of how Larry is with Cheryl. Like, does he even really like her? Does he even really want to be with her? It's just he hasn't been with her for a while. So he's like, oh, like sort of the absence makes the heart grow fonder. But then when you actually have it, you're like, oh, this isn't even so good. And then you forget that you don't like it. And then you haven't had it in five years. Like, oh, I could really go for some Cuban food. Uh, it could be that. I, yeah. I think I think I he guess, likes I, it. Yeah. I, I, I sort of yeah. No, but he specifically says when he's eating it, he doesn't like it. So like yeah, yeah, that's you shouldn't be, I'm right. You yeah. should you shouldn't pine for that experience. Mm. Like that's not that's not a good thing to pine for. Like you pine for pizza or yeah. a burger or something that you love. Can I can I break that... Dylan Patantis news on the podcast? Yeah, okay. he, he knows he's getting surgery. He's, he's he's out. He's oh, he's confirmed out. Yeah, okay. Well, I didn't know if Jared knows because he hasn't watched anything. He, Jared, you have no <laughs> idea what happened in the in the NBA conference finals tonight, right? No, I'll have to stay up late for that one. Yeah, you're already staying up late. I wanted this podcast over like an hour and a half ago. I will pay for this later with uh, with my Amanda. That's for sure. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm having fun though. All right, let's uh, let's keep going though. Fun is the most important thing. Yes. Okay. Uh, right. You'll be fine, Alex. You'll be fine on no sleep. Don't worry. We've we've seen this routine before. No sleep. No sleep. Uh, okay, let's head back to monks. Well, we're back. George and Amanda getting back together. Get. Out. That's recidivism. It's the same thing I saw last night on prison lockdown. George couldn't make it on the outside. He doesn't have the tools. Hey, thanks for getting that doll for Isabel. Was she happy with it? Yeah, she liked him. Did she comment on the fact that her doll is now black? I didn't say a word except oh. tell Daddy thank you. <laughs> Daddy. Well done. Well done. What? What's wrong? I'll tell you what's wrong. She wants me to sign a prenup. Oh. So in case it doesn't work out, you can't get to the money that was yours to begin with. <laughs> See, that's another Ponzi scheme. <clears throat> so, George, are you marrying her for your money? <laughs> <laughs> None of your business, Elaine. <laughs> I'll have you know that I, that I added in the Castle Rock and the Sony pictures. Very nice. Um, I do not at all understand these daddy reactions from Elaine and Kramer. Well, what is the joke that they're making here? Well, they're saying now, now that I mean, you that literally Jerry, that Jerry's her, the Isabel's dad. What do you mean? No, no, we've been uh, working I, I, towards that the whole time. But, but well, his what, uncle, should we tell him now he's dad? But why does Kramer say daddy in a yeah, weird what's way? What's with like that, that voice? I don't understand that at all. Like, so is That's this Elaine's voice? Is this Elaine's way of telling Jerry, yes, I have formally and officially notified yes. your daughter? Like, like yes. that's a really obnoxious yeah. way to do yeah. that. 
Well, yeah, Elaine's obnoxious sometimes. Yeah. I, listen, the whole daddy story with Jerry, uh, the yeah, whole it's no farm good. donor thing, it's a failure. I listen, mean, I LD, know. stick to stories that happen to you in real life, by which I mean in Curb, um, for your Seinfeld reunion. Don't try and uh, don't don't introduce new stories. Yeah, that was weak. The George stuff is okay. I think Kramer has some good like little side things going on. That Jerry Elaine fathering her child thing is just weird and awkward and doesn't tie into anything. And yeah. <laughs> All right, so Jared, what is your rating for this episode of Seinfeld? Okay, so this is me giving it pretty pretties for (laughs) compared to a Seinfeld episode. Is that what I'm doing? I want to hear a ranking. You ranked all 169 episodes of Seinfeld. Uh, Now there's 170. uh, Where does this one slide? This is not how I did it. Yeah, we should have. I don't know if we really prepared. That's what I was asking. Okay, so to answer that, it's 170. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm not saying I hate it. I'm just saying it's not a full episode. There's a million loose ends. If I'm really judging it as a full episode, comparing it like episodes I don't like at all, you know, relatively speaking in Seinfeld, like the dog or male unbonding or the pilot or some of the, you know, right. they're the still, best. they're still better than this, like half piece together. <laughs> yeah, they're still fully, for, they're still fully formed episode. Even like, even like the pilot, which is like one story, Jerry meeting up with that girl with the, with the woman. And he doesn't know if they're a girl, boyfriend and girlfriend or not, where they, at least it's like a full enclosed story. It's not yeah. classic Seinfeld by any stretch, but it's, this is just like a haphazard bunch of, scenes strewn nah, together nah, you're right you're right i i was a oh, little yeah. better than you i put it i put it at 165 i had it right behind the fix-up but right ahead of the bus boy the bus boy what do i have it what do i have as my worst episode oh is that where you're gonna slot this one well i'm just wondering i want to see if that if i have male on bonding as your worst episode <laughs> that's a famous like last episode yeah so story. is it po- is it possible this is worse than the male on bonding or the male on bonding is definitely better I have the mail um, and that's, when, that's when Jerry dumps Joel Hornick, right? Yes, yes. Um, what about the Sonics? Gary Payton's in town. <laughs> I think we <laughs> that have, alone put yeah. <laughs> the, the glove was uh, really drawing the crowds in. I think we need to sort of project out a little bit what we saw from this episode. Right. Yeah. So what do you think? Uh, Are there any any like any like uh, storylines that you think we can? Well, the fake mugging with? is pretty good. I think when we get another few minutes. Yeah. Of that. So one th- so one thing that was definitely part of the season, but then doesn't come up at all in the actual episode, and which makes no sense that it would be in this episode, is the whole TiVo guy thing, which was the audition part for yeah. Amanda's. Right. Right. And then, right. Not in here. And then of course the timing doesn't even make any sense because now we're in a world where George is like long divorced from Amanda and is trying yeah. to remarry her, whereas the TiVo guy is the the inside incident of their eventual divorce. Listen, Av, the Seinfeld reunion was highly secretive. They couldn't have actual scenes from the episode for the audition. Yeah, exactly. It's, that's yeah. pretty much what happened. They had they had to like film fake scenes that didn't even get in. I do like how George wanted Susan to sign a prenup. Now Amanda wants George to sign a prenup. Yeah, I do like George getting hoisted on his own petard there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. That's just a classic Larry David where it's like he wants it to be one way and then like yeah. they make it that way and it's cruising. He gets screwed over both times. All right, Av, so right. give us your rating however you're doing it. Yeah, I, I think I'm just going to put it last also. I, I, you know, ultimately, I think Jared is right. Um, I mean, like, as an episode of Seinfeld, like, if when like if it's a different thing, it's like an episode of TV where it's like I'm projecting all sorts of, like, different things onto just, like, how fun it was to see those characters again and, like, the amount of pleasure I got out of seeing that nine minutes the first time I saw it, like, in whatever form it was compared to the worst episodes of Seinfeld. This was much more enjoyable in those ways. 
if like you're literally saying this as like it's an artifact, an episode, a real episode of Seinfeld, it's the worst episode of Seinfeld, <laughs> as, as Jared said. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. There's like a few like good beats of like okay, like I see where this could go, but like it doesn't go anywhere. Right, right. we're we're yeah. go we're giving we're throwing plaudits at the idea that like oh that was a scene that could have been in Seinfeld. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. Gary and George are right. talking. In the, in right, the, in right. The, there's the three of the there's three there's three of those in your right. run of the mill mediocre Seinfeld episode. Oh right. great. Oh, right. it has a scene of Jerry and George and like ruminating on nonsense in the coffee shop. Gold. And, and, in, and in a real Seinfeld episode, that's just like moving you to the like good stuff. You know right, what I mean? Exactly. Right. Like, like, oh, wow. right. So right. they actually nailed one. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's right. It's not, but whatever. Again, obviously, this is like they're not. They weren't going for an A plus episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, it's not it's, a fair. It's not a fair way. It's to such do it. an like, interesting choice to like to be so topical and like pinpoint it to like Madoff and like it's like it's a, it's a surprising decision to me to not to like make it more timeless when yeah. Seinfeld generally part of its appeal is that it is timeless and like. But was it like, Seinfeld it, had lots of pop culture references? It did. Yes. It, yes. it definitely which did. by the way were hard for us to get you know 20 years ago and now kids would have right. no idea what the hell they're talking it about. it definitely right. did but there was i think i think the overwhelming majority of seinfelds you could just slide right in you don't need to know anything and it's just good funny stuff and like that's like the type of casual viewership that i would think that they would appeal to a reunion now of course this is a yeah. fake reunion being done by curb so like maybe either intentionally or not they made it like more highbrow in certain ways yeah. so, so, like, so, so they're so, thinking so, more of what the curb audience would like so yeah. Seinfeld, pro- Seinfeld proper would often do, so would often like throw in all kinds of old movie references and things like that. Things for old, things that Olin would appreciate. You know what I mean? But like, they wouldn't be the basis of an episode, right? Here, the Madoff thing is the basis of the episode and what's happening right. to George and everything like that. That's the difference. So if you don't understand some throwaway like reference to some 1936 movie that they do in you know see a season two episode of Seinfeld, it doesn't matter. A kid could watch it now or a grown-up who doesn't know could watch it now and enjoy it. And they just say, okay, that's some reference that I don't get. That happens all the time. But with this, it's based around the Madoff thing. And if you don't know what Madoff is or it's not topical or whatever, that kind of throws you off. So I think that's yeah, the problem. I mean, you, I think you would still get like, oh, like he lost it in some financial state. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I you, guess. you don't know specifically what Madoff it is. But obviously, what, 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 right. when exactly was this filmed in relation to the Madoff thing? Do we know that? Um, well, this is, was in late 2008. And this is 2009. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a big story. So, yeah, yeah, it's a very big story. This is like yeah. still like, I, you know, the, we didn't know yet how it was all going to shake out at this point. Yeah, like, especially for for like, very for extremely wealthy Jews like uh, Larry David and J- Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, no, there was like hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. um, in like big, big like New York and L.A. Jewish uh, wealth yeah. in those funds. <laughs> All right, uh, Av, we'll start with you. Who is your come with guy in this episode? Uh, my come with guy for this episode of Seinfeld is Jerry Seinfeld. Um, he's the glue that, you know, as always, just makes this uh, this engine run. run. Uh, that doesn't make any sense, glue that makes the engine run. But he's, uh, <laughs> he's the glue that sticks everyone together. He doesn't really have as much of a storyline here other than, like, kind of being, like, you know, an unwilling participant in Elaine's storyline. Um, but, you know, he's there for basically everyone's little piece of everything. He's very funny along the way. Um, and, you know, therefore, he's the uh, come with guy and he's the uh, episode MVP. What about you, Jared? So, OK, again, so just to clarify. So it has to be someone that was in. The However Seinfeld. you wish to interpret it. No, I don't like There's no rules. There's no half. It's it's the Seinfeld episode. Yes, it's the Seinfeld episode. It's the the nine minutes that we watched. Yes. So can it be Larry David playing George? You stole mine. Yes, it can be. (laughs) So that's obviously what it is. That was hilarious by far the funniest of the episode. So my 
in the fact that Larry David's the one like creating all this whole thing in the first place. Well, hold on. So, but so mine was on the paper on my notes was Larry as George. However, then I've showed that clip, you know, for the DVD extra where it becomes very obvious that Larry as George is a poor man's George compared to Jason as George. So I'm going to have to call an audible here. I don't think I can give it to Larry anymore. So now, and right now, I'm seeing um, Larry David running onto the set of Pretty 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 Good. Now that he has an in with us, he's yeah. able to sneak onto the podcast. <laughs> and he comes over to me and he says, Av, you had to interfere. Jester was about <laughs> to give me the come with guy. And so you played that clip showing how Jason was even better than me. All right, you know what? I'll stick with Larry. There you go. Fair. There you go. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to go first for this one uh, so Jared can't steal it. The fucking asshole. It's Bernie Madoff. He's a fucking asshole. He stole Fair. hundreds of millions of dollars. Fair. Um, I'll, I'll go over to Jared. I have a feeling I know, might know where he's going. You know where I'm going. I already gave you a hint for it. And this is not just because this is not just me making my joke. This is she was really pissing me off. George makes all this money. He does the thing. She screws him and is like thrilled with it. This is your. Well, what are, what are you mad doing? at Amanda or are you mad at Cheryl? Amanda. I, I mean, what's the yeah? Well, I guess Amanda, but I love no. Except when Elizabeth Shue plays Amanda, she gets back on my good side again. Yeah. So well, it's like it, it happens to work work out so that like Cheryl so, gets all the like the right. Amanda scenes and <laughs> and uh, Elizabeth gets all the um, Amanda being like getting back together and like she's cool and like fun to be around with George. When Whatever. She, I'm just giving the when, Cheryl so, hot. So That's so cool. so Larry Larry as as George is the come with guy. Cheryl as Amanda is the fucking asshole. Here's my question. We we know that later when it's Amanda uh, being played by um, by Virginia, which is Elizabeth Shue, she says they're talking about who she's with. And it's some guy who they seem to know, which is why George is especially flustered by just sex. Who do we, if it's somebody in the Seinfeld extended Seinfeld universe who George's ex-girlfriend is now having a, um, a friends with benefits relationship with? Who do you think it is? I could be anyway. I mean, that well, George I, specifically. Oh, Lloyd Braun. Lloyd Braun. Is it Lloyd George Braun? First or second? Yeah. Uh, second is too like much too losery for him to be upset about it, right? So maybe yeah. Lloyd Braun got his life back together after the fake computer selling, and okay. he turned back into the good-looking, non-fat yogurt Lloyd Braun and successful running running uh, Adams. Campaign. No, this is two thousand nine. So it's um. Maybe Julian Bloomberg's, no, Julian, Bloomberg's second oh, campaign, right. I think. So he's running Bloomberg's campaign now. Yeah. He's back on top, and George's and Lloyd Braun is getting it to George again. Yeah, that's the perfect one. <laughs> mm. uh, I'm gonna one up you here, uh, unless Av, do you have an idea? No. All right. I think I've lost. I think I lost the track. Okay. About, yeah. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say it's Frank Costanza. <laughs> oh God. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's not here. Because George is so mad, like that, that he's sleeping. So him and Estelle broke up. Um, now uh, George and Amanda broke up, and now she's dating J- 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 uh, Frank. And George is like, "You're dating my father?" She's like, "No, it's just." <laughs> All right, I'll let, I'll let the audience decide which. which <laughs> and now, um, do you think do you think that Fra- Frank Cheryl? He's not sure. Uh, you think that Frank Cheryl and um uh, what's her and name Elizabeth Virginia, Shira, Virginia are having, are having a, a threesome? <laughs> having a <laughs> Yeah. If so, good for Frank. I'll say that. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Zygazunt. Yeah. Ben Stiller comes on the show. He gets uh, a needle in the eye. Jerry Stiller comes on the show. He gets a threesome with Elizabeth Shue and Cheryl. Yeah, they had to make it. Up, they had to make it up to the Stillers. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, is it time for the postman off? 
No, I haven't said my fucking asshole yet. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Alex is the fucking asshole. <laughs> Dessert. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my fucking asshole is a man who made a fortune devising an iPhone application called the iToilet and then lost it all in a made-off Ponzi scheme. And he was living at home and he had to leave his home and go move in with his friend Jerry. And then he realized that his wife had still all of her, all the money that he viewed as his money and decided to try to get back together with her in order to get out of his money. And when she finally agrees, he learns that she will only do it on the condition that he signed a prenup. And he is once again left with nothing. For he is Costanza, Lord of the Idiots, and the fucking asshole. Uh, well done. Yeah, I mean, that's a good, but boy, that doesn't actually make him an asshole. <laughs> Uh, it well, it's sense. kind of just in like it could also just be like the guy who sucked. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, it was a good speech. It was a good. He speech. lost the episode. No, I liked the it. Episode. No, I agree with Adam there. All right, now is the time he's, for the for the postman. These are these are all open concepts. <laughs> Jared his ideas like, are all out Jared, in the air. Jared doesn't like it when I have these open concepts. Jared wants stricter rules. Yeah, well, that's you know, uh, every yeah. thirty-two fans podcast has the same yeah. issue. What do we like this one? This, of right. course, an episode of thirty-two fans. Does that mean? Hold on. Do we need to pause and do a re- <laughs> a manscaped reading? Um, we could do a manscaped reading. Will they give us money if we do a manscaped reading? I don't think so. <laughs> well, will I give you some of the money? Is that the question? <laughs> oh no, I don't know. I'm kidding. Well, manscaped give us additional money. I don't think so. Um, we could just read manscaped ads for free. That's fine. No, that's fine. I don't even know if this is going on thirty-two fans. If so, it's a special edition. So, uh, yeah. Oh, so it's not, it's like not officially. Uh, yeah, we do. We so owe Mans- I think we owe Manscaped four ads in the month. So, but I think we gave them four in June already. So, but what, but what happens when like, I want oh, to, now it's my, July. Well, when, we'll get, when, we'll get them for, if I want to put on my resume, like how many times I was on 32 fans, like, <laughs> can I count this? You can count this. Yes. It would count. Okay. I mean, I'm going to try and talk to, uh, to Keeve later and see if we're going to be doing another. Well, we're not going to be doing another episode because I have no time. Is there time? There's no time. There must be time. No, there's no time. <laughs> there's no so, time. yeah. Um, I, I feel like somehow there's going to be time. Yeah. It seems like there's always, time. <laughs> there's always time. Yeah. There's always time. It works. It always works out. All right. Let's, let's uh, go to the postman. Let's go to the postman. Postman! Postman! Come here! Tell the neighborhood! What a Shonda, Larry! Larry David! You're a lousy dude! But you're a lousy human being! He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair! A Shonda! Maybe you should have given me some candy! You're a lousy Jew! All right. Our first email from the postman is from Raj Krishnan, who has been uh, emailing in a bunch recently, and I think he's uh, finally caught up. So he says, I didn't like the reunion episode much. I mean, if you take the various bits that they show, Madoff, iToilet, etc., you could kind of make a show of it, but it's not that good. Having said that, I think the whole idea of putting it on curb was just fantastic. My favorite season by far. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's basically what where all of us yeah. are, is that like this yeah. actual thing wasn't good, but like as... The bigger picture was was amazing. Yeah, yeah, we agree. Um, next, we go to Jim Crumley, who says, I'm going to be a bit confused if the episode doesn't show up in the post-show recaps feed with Alex having the last letter in the mailbag. Um, I don't know where that would evolve, but weird things happen when worlds collide. If pretty, pretty, pretty good Alex walks through that door, post-show <laughs> recaps Alex will cease to exist. <laughs> So um, Jim gives the episode three and a half pretties. So sounds like he did it as an episode of Curb, which is what I originally did it as well. Because again, none of this. So how many pretties did you give it of? I gave it um, two pretties. Uh You said it was 170th though. 
Right. Yeah, but that's when I was think I was thinking of it differently in that. Uh, it's like okay. uh, it's like a different thing. I don't know. Who, who, this is no, no, thing. you're right. You're right. That's why I was trying to set the ground rules as I always. Yeah, like I would. The, 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 yeah, I put it up to two just because of like that nostalgia feeling of Seinfeld. Right, should, right. Which shouldn't be how you're judging it for when it's like as a Seinfeld episode. Um, with only 10 minutes of patched together footage, I had trouble rating it higher. It has potential, but it's kind of incomplete. There's a bit, there's a bit of reunion episode awkwardness, but the curb metal layer hides it nicely. Hell of a fun. Come with guys, Jerry. He's in most of the episode. He's great throughout. He's pretty good at acting like himself. He seems the most comfortable at getting back into the character. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. He's the yeah. most natural. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like, I mean, the, probably because like he was never really acting to, to an extent. So. Um, yeah, and and I, think says, the other, well, I think the other people play their characters as they always did. So, I, you know, I, I know what he means about natural because I, I think you're right. That's why, because he's just like, he's the middle. He's like the guy who everything revolves around, you know, but the yeah. other ones are all playing their characters. Well, Kramer plays Kramer. Yeah, Lane plays yeah Kramer and Julia are both great. Michael and Julia. Um, yeah, he says the fucking asshole is Banya. It, it is a bit of a career achievement award, but since we only get 10 minutes on the episode, it will be tough to prove me wrong. Um, and finally, on the uh, Seinfeld reunion mailbag. Um, Wait, what about, uh, what about Raj's other email? I, don't, don't, don't worry. I got it. Okay. Right. Don't, he's the postman. He knows what he's doing. Don't worry about that. I don't worry about the postman. You don't know what we're talking about yet. No, but I know the postman's yeah. got it under control. Okay. That's, postman's got it under control. That's true. Yeah. Um, but good reminder. Um, he sleeps yeah. with the wife. With the, what is it? With the, this man sleeps with a woman <laughs> whose husband is in a wheelchair. <laughs> Something with like the wife of a man in a wheelchair. Yeah, we need to bring that in because now I don't even have the line in my head. <laughs> Yeah, we got to get that. Um, yeah, of course, we're going to see. I think it's in season nine where Larry has an altercation with a different postman. A shorts wearing postman. Yeah, there's a different. Yeah, there's various postmen that are, are going to come up. Well, we know so, how Larry feels about shorts. Obviously, no humans are allowed to ever. And we, and we know how he feels about postman. I mean, he makes <laughs> the mailman. So his, his mother uh, be a postman, you know, take the civil service exam. All right. OK. Olin Allen. Was a nice reunion, and seeing the characters interlinked again was a joy. Banter was great, and those little Seinfeld-esque mentions about sneezing, impolite society, fiscally irresponsible, and Blackberry people really warmed my heart. The Elaine-Jerry storyline about the sperm donation and Kramer offering, too, was a great idea. Didn't focus as much outside of the doll for parts of the episode we did meet. So he likes, he likes the uh, sperm donor storyline more than us. Um, also, love to imagine the discussions around the donation. Yeah, that's true. Kramer being involved in that is like great stuff. Like Kramer's like coming back, like he's like reporting on like, oh, yeah. I went down to this sperm bank. Like they have my stuff there. Like this is how much it's going to cost you. Like they told me that like, you know, here's my rating. I'm like how good my, you know, my, my boys are going to be. Um, he's really pushing hard for Elaine to use his. I think we, you know, right. there's definitely more to that storyline that we didn't see. Um, George is inadequacy trying to push for him being a good father, but having the quality of his sperm and DNA being consistently put down. Um. He says, Jerry was really at ease and both Michael and Julia slipped straight back into characters. The supporting cast were good as well, although some of the support characters were almost too natural and could have done without it being a little bit more sitcom -y. Sorry, Alex. Particularly Monique, who has been subdued in rehearsal, and Virginia as Amanda, who seems to have taken on Cheryl's style of acting. Performance-wise, there is one big issue. I may have been influenced by Jason's spiel about acting without acting, because if there was one guy who wasn't acting without acting in the episode, it was very much him. 
Slight digression, but on a recent Seinfeld rewatch, I wanted to rate the finale as a regular episode rather than it coming chronologically at the end of my rewatch to try to see how it stacked up as an episode rather than the baggage of it being the finale. That's a that's a good way of thinking of it. It's a nice thing to do. Um, I did that too recently. It did. It, it you can, it can. I think it's just like you. It never gets away from yeah, it just it's being too different. The it's too unique. It's too yeah. Unique. And that yeah, I think that's ultimately part of the issue with it. Um, it, it's jarring to watch, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, while not great, the second half of the trial I actually preferred a lot more than the first half, which was more of a regular episode. My main issue watching it at that stage was the exaggerated loopiness of George and to a lesser extent Kramer, which I found very jarring as I hadn't re- yet reached their character development to this point. Uh-huh. Um, so he's saying late, late. How, how, how does Olin separate out all that he knows from Simon? Like, yeah, he, that's what my issue would be. Is that like it's like so much on the brain that like I can't be like okay, I'm not up to the part yet where like right. Kramer's like super wacky in season nine. Right. Like, but I you know, you know, right. yeah, you can't I very much know that from your mind unless yeah, he has, like, maybe, a maybe if you are literally in the middle of a rewatch, you are more grounded in that. That like, right, I watching, guess. Right. Watching it go, it go straight from one to the other would right. be jarring when you're right. used to a certain. Right you know, character. Um, Yeah. So he says, that's basically what I felt here again with George, just so much over the top acting and obvious little routines, not at all natural and can so see the acting. Basically, I found that a post-Larry independent George when colliding with a directly Larry influenced George (laughs) is just too divided against itself and cannot stand putting together what I feel the scenes would have been. I would give it three pretties out of five with much higher potential. If Larry got his story. Mm. Um, Also Larry's crazy one where they break up at the end. Yeah, I guess it makes more, it's it's a better Seinfeld episode if they don't get together in the end. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Although I guess here kind of the implication is that they're they don't necessarily get together, right? Because like the prenup might be a deal breaker. Right. Like, that's how the, I do the, the whole point that's is the, money. I, the whole point is that they can end with a positive. So it had to be with like you know the prenup. Wait, so then so then it, but we know for sure that this is not Larry's ending. We know that they right. switch it back to the original ending. And we know right. in Larry's ending, they end up not together. And in the original ending, the implication was that they end up together. Like Jerry's like, that's what makes it funny is that normally we wouldn't do that. But here we're going to do that. Um, but it doesn't so, seem like that. Don't we right, agree It's not that? really clear. Right. It kind of ends on a note that like, oh, this is not going to work out. Or maybe he is, or maybe he is going to end up with her. But like he's not like he doesn't he doesn't get the money and like he's but, but, what, he's, but why would we assume that not knowing the private conversation between larry and cheryl in his house when they're about to you know reconcile their relationship right so in other words like that's why we know that they didn't use larry's ending we the viewers but like in real right. life that doesn't exist you know the, the viewers would not in the curb world the viewers would not know that it's, it makes it perfect sense. It's ending like in a negative way, as you would expect things to end for George. That's right. how it. That's how it plays. So I don't. Yeah. So it's a little confusing there. I don't know what they were. Yeah, going and of course this get, again parallels the, the exact season where it's like he, George goes through this whole right. thing to get right. her back, and right. then at the end, like it doesn't work out because of like nonsense. And that, of uh, course, speaks to the brilliance of the curb aspects of a show. Yes. Yeah. Um, he goes for his award. So he, he gives come with guys and fucking assholes both for the Seinfeld universe and for the curb universe. Okay. Oh, so, so we do first for the fi- for the Seinfeld universe. Um, the come with guy, he says, Jerry offering his swimmers for Elaine. The fucking asshole is Bernie Madoff. Should be same answer in that universe. Agreed. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> uh, that's who uh, Alex went with as well. Um, in the curb universe, he says the come with guy is Jerry. Kept things focused and going throughout to get to a decent episode made. That's true. Jerry was very on the ball. It's like Larry's yeah. getting distracted with nonsense, and Jerry's like, we're making the show here. And yeah, right. ultimately, there's a show. If Although Jerry, Jerry doesn't a- understand what they're actually doing, which is just a vehicle right. for <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah, but like if, if it was just left to Larry, like there was gonna, not going to be a show. Like he was too preoccupied. Yeah. What else is new? <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, and his uh, fucking asshole for the Curb Universe is obviously Jason. Ruined what the ending could have been, again, with the overacting. Um, no email from Jared Jerome this week. Very disappointing. Mm. Jared you have an email from us. You know, you it's, 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 it actually is a coincidence because I didn't know I was going to be on this till, you know, a few hours ago. So I just, I wasn't going to, I didn't have an email for this. Oh, wow. I was behind with my whole, uh, yeah. Like, All right, below like, early. Yeah. Um, okay. And then we have one last email. Um, it is another email from Maraj Krishnan. I had mentioned that he had sent in some emails. So this was one of them that we um, were going to read. And he says, guys, I see both of you are Jewish. Ah, you've, you've caught us. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> How did you know? How did you know? <laughs> I'm not, as you can probably see from my name, and I have very few, if any, Jewish friends and comrades. So why don't you do an episode about Curb Your Enthusiasm references to Judaism? Now, one might argue that's what we do on every episode of this podcast. Yes, I would one argue. might say um, Jewish, Jewish Judaism, Jewish ceremonies, literally everything I know about being Jewish and Judaism, I learned from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, that's that's either awesome or terrifying. I'm not really sure. Uh, Raj, go back and listen to the episodes, and they get way in the weeds on anything having to do with Judaism at all. So you know. you know what, Raj, I think this is a great idea, and we're gonna do just that. So next week on Pretty 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 Good, we're gonna have another bonus episode in your feeds. We're not going straight into uh, 8.1 the, the divorce. We're going into an episode on the topic of Jewish themes and Jewish identity on Curb Your Enthusiasm. And we're going to be joined by two very special guests. Um, Alex, would you like to tell them about our guests? Sure. But I, I just I do want to note for so Raj understands we actually recorded this before he sent his email. No, why'd you tell him that? Let him well, think because that I, I think that, I, you know, I'm predicting we haven't done it yet, of course, but I'm, I'm thinking that we might go a little bit more inside baseball in the Jewish world. Raj asks some very good questions, but sort of uh, about sort of Jewish uh, traditions that I think we maybe <laughs> make take for granted that people already know. Yeah. So our, our first guest is is David Bashevkin, who is a a podcaster, a rabbi and a, a fan of comedy and, and Curb in particular, I think. And uh, he's actually very good, though, at explaining things to people who are he's probably better than us off um, as a rabbi. I've explained because oh, like he actually like knows the actual things rather than like an 80 percent facsimile of like something that like we're piecing yeah, yeah. together from like different rules that are really for other things. Mm-hmm. And... Yes. But our other guest will be Iris Barr, who played one of the most famously Jewish characters on the show of Curb, known in our circles as just Shkia Sahama girl, but of course known as on the show as Rachel Heineman, the daughter of Ben Heineman. Oh, she a rides one. a ski lift with Larry. She uh, <laughs> later uses the money that was given to her father to fix his car to make herself more festive. And um, and then she will return again in um, in a later season. In, uh, in yeah, episode... she comes back in season nine when the when the fatwa when they're like doing like background yes. check on Larry David, like they go to talk to her and yes. uh, Monina and uh, Crazy Eyes. I think. Yeah, so we will have it'll be me of Iris Bar and David Bashevkin, just uh, four Jews. I... <laughs> so yeah, like as uh, as Alex was saying, like um, you know, depending on your taste, it might be like you know a little too inside baseball, but you know. I suspect, like, if you like Herb Your Enthusiasm and you like us, like, there's a good chance you're probably going to like this episode of the podcast, but if you if hate not for Jews, you, it won't be. Yeah, if you, right. If you hate Jews, like you, then next week's episode yeah. will be. If you, yeah. But if, yeah, if you're an anti-Semite, you might not like this episode of the podcast, but, like, why are you still listening? 
Yeah. We somehow turned uh, nine minutes of a pretend TV show in a TV show into a two and a half hour podcast. I said that was going to happen. I said, can you imagine? Oh boy. How it's going to pay for this one, baby. All right, you guys, uh, thanks so much. Talk to you later.